Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Oh, Captain, my Captain. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. Oh, command me, Lord. Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. I'll have what she's having. You have chosen wisely. It reminds us. All that once was good, and it could be again. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Classic movies, 30 years in the making. Welcome once again to the 30-something movie podcast. Uh, I am your host, John Reed, and I have with me tonight, uh, so far, I have with me tonight, I don't know why, as I'm standing here recording all this i started doing a whole bunch of hand motions because nobody can see me it helps get the words out it, it does i my wife you know comes from an italian family so they talk a lot with their hands and pat i know you talk a lot with your hands and but just like all of a sudden for some reason i'm, I'm doing the i'm not a crook kind of hand motions and I, I don't know why i just did that well are you a crook i, I as far as i know no well, there you go. Then that's okay. So, okay. Uh, but this is the 30-something movie podcast. We're not crooks, um, but we're here to talk about movies tonight. And so far, I have with it, maybe because I was going to say I have two people with me, and I put up the two fingers, and mm-hmm. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I have Jeff with me tonight. Jeff, how are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Excellent. And uh, you made it back from the high school. They had the, the it was kind of like an audition camp for kids. Yeah, we uh, we started it last year. The high school theater kids that used to be theater kids at our school, um, their theater program at the high school now invites the middle school kids to come in and learn how to audition better for the, uh, the middle school productions that are coming up very shortly. Awesome. Awesome. And that went well? Yeah, it did. We had a good, really good turnout, maybe probably close to 30 kids. Nice. Um about 15 or so from each of the two middle schools in our district. So yeah, it was, it was good to see. And and it's just, it's great uh, to build that bridge with the high school program and, and keep that going. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and we also got Pat Canigallo. Pat, how are you doing tonight? Great. Doing Excellent. Well. Excellent. Um, Pat is here for his baseball expertise. Mm-hmm. Um, as I've found out, apparently uh, Pat is just wrong in everything. I think that got mentioned several times in the last episode, but I, I heard the whole story now. So now I understand that I'm just supposed to tell Pat that he's wrong. Oh man. Good fun. Good just fun. Sit there and be friend. wrong in your wrong. I mean, oh man. What are those conversations that you just wish you had a recording for? It was pretty good. All right. Well, tonight we're going to be talking about another baseball movie. Last time we did Field of Dreams. Uh, this time it's not episode number 226, Major League. Um, so we've gotten over the 225 hump and we're uh, kind of on our way to 250, which, uh, Jeff, how's that going? I know you were kind of we've, planning uh, out some stuff. We've got something pretty special planned for episode 250 later this summer. And, and I'm letting you kind of take the reins on that one because that was kind of your idea. So you're you're kind of planning some stuff out for us and um got some special surprises so yeah look forward to that it'll be good we uh there's gonna be some definitive ranking going on as opposed Mm -hmm. to uh conversational discussions about things 
specific things we like. There's going to be some decisions that'll have to be made, which I know, um, I know, John, you're, you're, you've been back and forth with, uh, with the list that I forced you to create. So good, good thing we have until July. Well, I, I know that I kind of walked into your room at one point and I, I pulled a Kramer. I like walked in and it was like, I'm out or, or like, I'm done. I'm like, I have my list, my five are done. And then I think maybe later that day I came back and I'm like, uh, okay. Um, so there might be one that I need to change. Um, maybe, maybe one. Hey, you've got a couple of months, man. I know. I know. So I'm going to start budgeting my time now so I can get it done. All right. Um, so, yeah, so we've got 250 coming up. That actually will probably not be in too long. Um, you know, it's in July, but it was going to come very quickly. So uh, that's coming up soon. We'll let you know more about that kind of as it gets closer. So if you as listeners would like to kind of send in some of your rankings as well, we'll make sure that we kind of get out the topic for that show and anything else you might need to know a little bit ahead of time. So you can feel free to call in to our voicemail line or tweet or email or however you want to do that if you want to kind of get your own uh, voice in on the show there. All right. Uh, very, very quickly before we get into our uh, stuff, we've got some movie news. We have a lot of things that we were going to talk about last week and just didn't have the time to do it. So we're going to devote a little bit of time to that tonight before we get into Major League. But very, very quickly, we are a spoiler podcast. When we start to talk about movies, there is no guarantee we won't spoil those movies. So if you hear the name of a movie and you don't want to be spoiled, maybe jump ahead a few seconds uh, on your podcast uh, listening app or whatever you use. Um, just be aware. We will spoil the movies, especially Major League um and maybe any of the other movies in the major league franchise uh itunes reviews if you have not left us an itunes review yet please go ahead and do that it just takes a few moments and it lets us know what you're enjoying about the show and feel free to visit our website that's the kind of the best way to find all the different ways to listen to the show but also to interact with us we're usually pretty active on twitter um we're also on instagram um and then all the different places that you can find us to listen to. And it's also got the number for our voicemail line that you can call into. So uh, Dennis may be joining us in a few minutes. I know he was running just a little bit late tonight, so he may jump in here in a little bit. I know he missed uh, talking Field of Dreams uh, last time. So maybe if he's able to jump in while we're talking Major League, uh, maybe towards the end of the show, maybe we can get kind of a quick um, you know, update from him on some of his thoughts on Field of Dreams. If he's able to, to join us tonight, that can be kind of our... Uh, a little bit of like a Field of Dreams 2.5 or, or whatever the episode was going to be, 20, uh, 225.5. Yeah, um, I, was, I was really bummed that he, that he missed that one, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I, in particular, I wanted to have Bo and you and, and Dennis in on that because as much as I enjoy baseball, I'm just not as – I'm not as well-versed in the history of baseball. Baseball mm -hmm. is not my primary sport uh, that I uh, – of which I am a fan, so – um, I, I still love baseball. I think it's great, but I just, I'm not as invested in baseball as you three guys. So I was, I was really bummed when Dennis wasn't able to make it. So hopefully we'll get him in here tonight and let him, uh, let him share some of his baseball wisdom with us. Incidentally, the, this past weekend on TBS, they had, uh, the remake of father, the bride. Oh yeah. And there's, there's a great line in there, which I felt just, it's summed up how I felt about Dennis not making the field of dreams um, as the wedding is all, you know, going on and taking place, you know, Steve Martin's character is you know, George Banks. He's all over the place trying to do this, take care of that. And he's missing out on everything. And when he finally uh, attempts to, but misses the bouquet tossing Diane Keaton, who plays his wife, just audibly says out loud, she, a little exasperated and, and a little sad shows, Oh, he missed it. 
<laughs> and I just felt that, like that just summed up mm -hmm. how I felt about Dennis missing the Fields of Dreams podcast. I was like, oh, yeah, he missed it. I he felt really it. sad. Yeah. So hopefully so, yeah. we'll we'll, hopefully we'll get him correct that later. Yeah. All right. So we've got several news items to talk about, and we don't want to spend too much time on them because we want to get into our, our discussion of Major League tonight. But it uh, seems like there were several things that kind of came up last week that we just didn't quite get around to. And there were a couple things that have come up just within the last you know couple days or so uh, that we might want to mention as well. So, Jeff, I'll let you get started with yours. I know you had a list of stuff that we didn't get to everything last time. So yeah, go ahead and work down yeah, our so work down your list. Just a couple of quick talking points, brief discussions. First one being that the new president of ABC, her name is Carrie Burke, um, mentioned that she's interested in seeing a reboot of Lost. However, she has not yet spoken with Abrams, Lindelof, or Lieber, the gentleman that created the show. I was just wondering what you guys thought if you have any background with that show and what you thought about the idea of trying to reboot it and do something different with it. Yeah. I remember, I remember we kind of came to the lost game a little bit late uh, when it first came on. And I remember my wife and I, you know, we started watching it. We really liked it. Um, and we, we got maybe the first, Oh, maybe the first two, maybe three, uh, seasons into it and then I want to say we got a couple episodes behind and that was still you know back before there were a lot of streaming options for TV and um, you know if you if you got behind on something then you really just kind of had to wait until the season came out on DVD later on and we just got a little bit behind and then we tried to come back into it and it was already very confusing and we kind of just we, we let everything slide for those last I think maybe the last two ish seasons of the show and we never really had too much of a desire to come back to it i remember the first yeah. I think kind of the first half of the show maybe the first three or so seasons because it, it went about seven years didn't it i honestly don't remember six or seven six or seven it, okay it was one of the shows that got plagued by that writer strike yeah there are so many good shows that um just got handcuffed by that writer strike and never quite rebounded and the yeah. the ideas being thrown around and lost were just already crazy let alone trying to uh bounce back from uh, that however long they were off the air because of the strike yeah like I, I was always intrigued by the different episodes when you'd you know when there's all these like hidden codes everywhere and stuff to figure out and um you know just trying to figure out what's going on on this island like all of that was really interesting but then it was just we got a few episodes behind and at that point it tv wasn't like it is now and it wasn't easy to get caught up um and i just kind of feel like then too we we got to a point where we're like i don't know I, maybe the show's just maybe it's too much to try to follow anymore and i just well definitely somewhere took, about halfway it took halfway effort. through the show yeah about two-thirds maybe two-thirds of the way through all of the seasons we just were kind of like eh, i don't know if i'm feeling invested anymore and um and we moved on to something else but um yeah, so no, I, I wouldn't have a problem with them doing a remake. I don't know if it feels like it's too soon to I do just, a remake. I just don't know what on earth they would try to do to it to make it better because it was so out there at the time. But I think I see I think I see a Dennis Matuch in the shadows there. <laughs> yeah. Quit, quit looking out your window. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm in the basement, so if he's 
I'm in down here. That's kind of creepy. The way the light catches Dennis, he's kind of got that like Grizzly Adams killer lumberjack look going on. A little bit, yeah. That sounds about right. That's pretty cool, man. It's been that sort of month for Dennis. No, you you can button your shirt back up again, Dennis. That's fine. And your pants while you're at it. I, I was what, just gonna what say, pants? I, don't look, I don't know what look is going on right now, but I'm sure not gonna say anything about baseball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so where are we at? Uh, we we're talking about they want to reboot Lost. Possibly okay, reboot. Oh yeah, yeah. But this time with a real ending. <laughs> One would hope. <laughs> I don't. I'd love that if they had a good ending. I'm still waiting for a good explanation. Did you Did you watch Lost when it aired, Dennis? Yes, I did. And you were as disappointed as the rest of us with the ending. Yes. Yes. My takeaway on that was, that, you know, like I get that it's not going to be as great as everyone individually came up with in their own minds mm-hmm. of, how, of how it should end. But the ending that they did come up with was it just fell so flat. And I just remember sitting, I was at a lost party. It was a big get together for, you know, the, the wrapping up of the show and the last episode. And we all just sat there afterwards and were like, that, that's it. That's yeah. Uh, okay. I, I, I want to ask a question here. How much time we lost watching that? Well, I, oh I want to ask. I want to ask a question here. But if if Pat I, Pat, I don't know how much you've watched Lost. Uh, let's try that again. I don't know how much you've watched Lost, and I don't want to spoil anything if you haven't. No, that's fine. I've I've seen exactly negative two minutes of Lost. Okay. So if I ask a question that may reveal something, you don't care. No, because I like. Okay. All right. So I didn't watch at least the last two seasons, but I think I did read or hear somewhere. Didn't it end? Didn't it end up having something to do with time travel? And did it end with everybody being dead, or did I read something differently? That was about it. Like everybody had been dead the entire time. It did have to do with time travel at one point in the show. Okay. Um, but it did end with everybody being dead. Okay, and they're they were dead. dead. Yes. And they were dead the entire time. They're all dead. Okay. Yeah. They're dead, Jim. Purgatory. Well, yeah, they're dead. Yeah. Yeah, like like a purgatory kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which, which again, that's why I think you know we I I know you're saying Jeff like everybody wanted it to be as good as the endings in their head, and at the same time, I think I was like, you know, you you thought of things and you thought of where it was going, and you thought you know you were engaged every week and you were thinking of all those theories and people would talk and try to explain what this meant and what that meant. It was like really cool and engaging, and I think in the end, the ending was one that most people came to as a possibility within the first probably season. Mm-hmm. So to have the original ending be what you kind of were like, well, I hope it's not. I remember thinking, I hope it's not that because, you know, then it's already what I thought of. To have it go to that and just be that it seemed like they had this great idea and they just didn't know how to finish it. Well, I remember them saying that the, from early on, they knew that they wanted to end with uh, Jack's eye closing since mm-hmm. the since the series started with his eye open that way, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I we, I spent I don't know how many hours upon hours upon hours, not just watching the show, but discussing and emailing and diagramming and talking about it with all sorts, you know, with students and with friends, dissecting everything that we saw and try to figure out what fits in where and how and yeah. So if they want to try to reboot it. Okay, I just don't know. 
they have to have a different ending though otherwise it'll just everybody would well, be yeah. disappointed yeah and i just i mean yeah. it was got so off the rails at one point i don't know what you try to do to reboot it if not just remake it all together and pretend the first go around just didn't happen yeah no, i agree I'm curious to see like what the cat and, and that would be would they be rebooting this for a TV series again or would it be a movie? Yeah, or... I mean, it, the the new president of ABC said that uh, she would be interested in seeing a reboot of Lost, okay. but that's as far as that's gone. She hasn't at the time that I read the article, she hadn't yet spoken with Abrams, Lindelof, and Lieber. So yeah, okay. it was just something she said that she would not mind seeing happen. Under her under her guidance at ABC. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if he can improve on the cast. I think the cast was really good. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what the I don't know unless like unless you can actually finish it and do it justice somehow and give it an ending that it deserved. Um, I think you'll leave it alone. Yeah. Like I don't have any interest unless you're going to tell me you're going to give me a good ending. But if it's going to be a reboot and it's all going to be based on the same concept, we already know that, then what's the point? So, mm -hmm. well, I'm still gonna, I mean, the cast, it was an excellent cast. I mean, well, and I still feel like it's too soon for a reboot because yeah. when did it end? It ended in, was it like 2009, 2010? Um, yeah, probably. Yeah. So, I mean, do you, it's less than a decade. Do you need to reboot something that's less than a decade old? Yeah. No. I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, did that was that the answer you're looking for, Jeff? Well, I was just curious. That yeah. is what you guys thought. I mean, I don't know what we've never talked about it, so I don't know what your mm -hmm. backgrounds with the show were. Yeah. Um, but you know, there was that larger question about, uh, like you just started talking about, you know, is it too soon to reboot a TV show? Mm -hmm. You know, or, or when is a good time to reboot a TV show? So, I don't know. Just thought well, I'd throw that out there. If any of our listeners or fans of Lost, maybe they can. Uh, email or call or tweet and let us know what they think of the idea of uh, bringing back that show and, and what they would want to see happen yeah. the second time around. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like if, unless it's a Spider-Man property, which you'd reboot like every six months, um, then I think it, you need like, you know, 15 years, at least 20 years, maybe before you reboot something. Mm -hmm. um, so up next on my new movie news, no, uh, uh, this year's Oscars are going to have no host. What do you guys think? Good idea, bad idea? Do you just not care? Just not care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with that. I mean, I, yeah. you know. So they're just going to go from presenter to presenter? Like, I'll, it'll I be guess. shorter. <laughs> exactly. I'm thinking all the. BS will be gone. Yeah. I, could see, be good. I, I don't necessarily know that it'll be shorter. I'm sure they'll find some way to still draw it out. Maybe that's yeah, um, that's true. Well, there's a new there's a new time requirement too. I think they said that uh, you instead of having 45 seconds from the time you get to the stage, you now have 90 seconds from the moment your name is called. And I think that was a, that was an attempt to try to cut down on the amount of time like when you're when you're sitting there like hugging all your friends before you walk up to the stage i think that was kind of one of their attempts to say hey let's move things along a little bit and you now have 90 seconds but it's from the time your name is called so if you want to talk more get up on the stage 
Yeah. So no, I, I don't really have a preference either way. I don't, I, I don't yeah. you know, I don't feel like I'm old enough to have remembered because I know in the was it late 80s, early 90s, they had it might have been even 89. They had an Oscars without a host. And um, I feel like they just kind of did. Uh, I think I was reading up on it and they just did like extended roles for the different presenters. Um, was that the one that had that really weird music? Yes, there was the, like, the Rob Lowe one. Snow White made an appearance. It was, I think it was Cinderella and, and a bunch of other Disney princesses. And it was, you know, Rob Lowe was trying to sing. And yeah, I, from what I remember, it was not good. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I'm sure they'll do something different with it this time. Yeah, we'll see. I don't. I mean, I'm I'm getting to the point now where I don't get as excited about the Oscars as I used to. Mm-hmm. Mostly because um, I just I don't go to movies too much anymore. At least currently, I don't go to movies too much, so I haven't really seen any most of what's been nominated. I haven't had a chance to see. Well, that's um, that's the thing too. Is that when I used to work at a movie theater um, during grad school, we could get in and see free movies all the time. So I, there was one year that. While I was working, I had you know free movie tickets, so uh, Sharon got to get in and watch. I think she saw every movie that was up for Best Picture that year, um, you know. And so working at a movie theater, and and she had watched all the movies. So then we were a little bit more invested in, you know, trying to figure out who was going to win these awards because we'd seen them all. But it just, I, it's been years since we've seen even maybe a fraction of the movies that are up for Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Actress, all that. Yeah, and um, the Oscars tend to sway towards the more. I, I I'm tired. I can't think of a good word, but more um, dramatic films, mm-hmm. more adult themed films. You know the and, and for years they've they've overlooked a couple of movies every year that were really good movies, but because they didn't fit the mold of what the Oscars were trying to be, they. Um, you know they just got overlooked so you know i'm i'm not heartbroken at at oscars making changes because i don't actually know that i'm going to watch all of it this year i just don't care enough about a lot of the movies that have been nominated yeah black panthers up there but i think that's one yeah. of the only ones i've might have seen and now that i've finally watched um that mr rogers documentary mm-hmm uh, Won't you be my neighbor? Because mm-hmm. PBS aired it over the weekend. Um, how was that not nominated? And you made it. You made it through that, okay? Oh, I didn't say I made it through. Okay. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, I missed it on PBS. We were supposed to watch it and record it. We missed it. So hopefully, there, we get the- there was. I don't. There's something very special about um, about Fred Rogers. Yeah, yeah. And, we Sharon and I saw that in the theater, and there was not a dry eye in the theater. I mean, I just don't know. I, I don't know what it is about him, but there was just something that he could just look at you and look right into your right into your soul, right into your heart, and you felt safe and comfortable, and you know just. I said to Katie when it was done, I said, "God, what do you think he would say about the world we live in right now, if he were still alive and 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 watching our society unfold?" Yeah. We, we we need we need another person like him to help 
find that moral compass within ourselves and stop pointing out all of the things that we dislike about each other and start bringing humanity back together and reminding people, be kind, be compassionate. That's, that, that's all you have to do in this world. Wake up and just be kind to the people that you see. Yeah. Well, I guess, I mean, we've played it for advisory um, in Mr. K.O. and I's advisory bit. When you say, what would he say? I mean, he's, he's always going to be positive and he's always going to be. But I would love you know, to hear him put a positive spin on the world we live in. Well, his thing because was back then, the piece, that, the piece that we said was it was in response to, I think, initially 9-11. But he said that, you know, what he learned from his mother was she always said, when there's terrible times, when there's terrible things happening, when you see all this, you know, um, whether it be evil or unkindness or lack of compassion, you know, or tragedy that happens in the world, look for the helpers because they're there. You know, look for the helpers. Always look for the helpers and see them. Because in all those moments, there's people who step up and do amazing thing. And that's what you want to focus on. So that's, that's what I think his message would kind of be is look for that. Look for the healers. Look for the peacemakers. Look for the helpers. No, very true. That is very true. Anyway, we were talking about Oscars. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the new movie news I had about the Oscars. The last thing I, w I wanted to mention is, and John, you and I kind of talked about this earlier today. What is going on with DC films? They are just... They seemingly are all over the place in the movies they're creating because after you had Aquaman, which I have not seen, I heard great things, have not seen it, um, but you had such an up and down starting with Man of Steel and all the way to Aquaman that, you know, they're, they're gaining fans, they're losing fans, they're confusing fans. And, you know, they've got Shazam coming up, which looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. And then they just recently announced that um, a couple of release dates, and we're looking at three movies coming out in 2021. We have uh, Super Pets, which is an animated movie about um, the Super Pets, Crypto, and um, I don't know who else, but I don't know if or how that might tie into the universe they're trying to create. And then uh, the Batman is going to be released on June 25th and the Suicide Squad is going to be released on August 6th. Um, but you know, they just seem to have no set plan because you have that standalone Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix coming out sometime before then, which is, isn't supposed to tie in with anything. So... I don't know, just like they, they just sort of seem to be, you know, just taking a chance on everything and seeing what works and saying the hell with it if it doesn't and just going forward to the next thing. Yeah, that's as I was mentioning to you earlier, I was thinking of this the other day. I had watched um, a little while. Uh, I had started uh, Bad Times at the El Royale, uh, that movie that had come out just earlier this last year. And in it, uh, John Hamm is in that movie. And there's a couple of scenes where he's wearing kind of like a trench coat and um, glasses. And I know that back in the day, you know, years ago when he was just a little bit younger, I mean, he doesn't look that different. He doesn't look that much older, but um, he was kind of lobbying to play Superman at one point. And I always thought, yeah, he could totally, you know, he could totally uh, be a Superman character. But in watching this movie, he's, you know, just seeing him with the, the long coat and the glasses you know, he's, you know, at different times, he's kind of, not that he's acting nerdy, but, you know, he, he kind of has that Clark Kent vibe. And I was like, oh, 
well, he totally looks like a Clark Kent. And then I was thinking about, we had just talked on the podcast about that Alex Ross uh, art exhibit coming out. And Alex Ross's, uh, probably one of his more famous comics that he did was the Kingdom Come comic, which is supposed to be set in the future. And Superman is older and all the other heroes are older. And I got to thinking, I was like, you know what? I, I would love if they would make that movie and have John Hamm play an older Superman, which then led me to the thought that why don't they, and Jeff, this is what you and I were kind of talking about earlier today. What if they just ditch the idea of trying to do a shared connected universe the way Marvel did? Cause clearly it's not working for DC. Why don't they just ditch that and say, you know what? We're not even going to try that. We're going to go with, um, you know, DC's version of, having alternate realities and alternate universes is called Elseworlds. Like, why don't we just, our whole world, we'll, we'll just plan it as Elseworlds movies. And if we do two or three movies um, with Henry Cavill as Superman, great. Then we can move on and have somebody else do Superman and tell different Superman stories. If we have two movies with Gal Gadot as uh, Wonder Woman, great. We'll do those. And then maybe in like three or four years, we'll grab somebody new and then they can play Wonder Woman. And then we don't have to play that game of, Everything's got to be connected. Everything's got to be working toward some massive story um, and just do it that way. And then it kind of frees them up to be able to do whatever they want to do. Because I feel like that's what they've done so well with their TV shows is they haven't, you know, they, they cross those over if they want to, like mm-hmm. with The Flash and Arrow and Supergirl and um, Legends of Tomorrow. And when they want to do crossovers, great. Otherwise, from week to week, those shows don't have to be connected in any way at all. Um, their new TV shows that are on the DC streaming service, those are not connected. The, the animated movies they've done, those are not connected. So I'm kind of to the point now, and, and, and you mentioned the new standalone Joker movie and the idea of, okay, well, we've got Suicide Squad came out and that had its own Joker. And we've got this new one coming out with Joaquin Phoenix, and that's going to be its own Joker. You've just had the Heath Ledger Joker movie not that long ago. Um, you know, and who cares that it's all different stories and they're not connected, but it's the same character. I, I don't think at this point it's as much of a big deal as people maybe a few years ago thought it would be when, when people would be like, oh, but that's too confusing. You can't have two different people playing Superman, one on TV and one in movies, people will get confused. No, just make the movies. Yeah. People will figure it out. I mean, there's a lot of people that may not, maybe are not necessarily super smart when it comes to some of that stuff, but so what? They might be confused confused for a few minutes, and then maybe while they're in the movie, they're just like, eh, whatever. I'm just going to watch the movie and enjoy it. So I kind of wish they'd just take that route. I wish they would just say, Forget it. We're not doing a shared thing. We're just doing Elseworlds movies. And we get, that way we get to be as creative as we want to be, and we don't have to worry about tying everything together. Yeah, and as long as they don't try to retcon all of it, be like, well, this was our plan all along to do Elseworlds, because we all know that that would be just a load of crap. So if they would just maybe if they just came out and said, okay, so this is what we're going to do going forward instead of trying to save face on on everything that they've done in the past. But I don't know. Yeah. I just wish they'd make a choice and try to figure out a plan, share the plan with the public. So we have somewhat of an idea of what to expect when a new DC movie comes out. 
instead of trying to figure out, well, is this going to fit in their universe? Is it not going to be in part of the universe? Who knows? All right. Uh, did you, Jeff, did you have any more on your list? Or that was kind of, our DC um, thing was kind of the end of your list, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, the only other thing that I saw real quick today is that uh, Scorsese and DiCaprio were going to be working on uh, Devil in the White City. Okay. Uh, apparently now, instead of doing a movie, it's going to be a, a series on Hulu. Okay. So that might be enough to make me subscribe to Hulu. Mm-hmm. At, at least for a month, and then. Yeah. So if there's any Eric Larson fans out there, there you go. Cool. But that's all I got. Nice. All right. Uh, yeah, the only two things I had, um, I don't know how much commentary this needs. Uh, I saw it today. Uh, Glenn Close wants to remake Fatal Attraction from a female perspective. I know we, we covered that one on the podcast, but I don't know. We might so, have even talked about that on the podcast. You know, what, from, what if you from, did this from the other way? From the perspective of the female that she played in that movie or having the female be the Michael Douglas character? I think it's the female be the Michael Douglas character. Okay. I think it's just to swap the roles. I, I think I'd be more interested in that movie from her character's viewpoint. Yeah. Yeah, I, that might be a more original take on it. So I, I didn't have much more than that. I just I happened to see that today, and I knew we, we did that one on the podcast a little while back. So figured I'd throw that one out there too. Um, and here's the one I was going to mention, I, Jeff. You may be of the you may be the only one to have seen uh, the trailer for this so far. I, I think I texted to you guys a while ago, but uh, not sure if you guys watched it or not. Um, <laughs> Tommy Wiseau has a new movie coming out called Big Shark. Oh, hi. Patrick. Benny. This is Tim and Georgie. Yeah, we're having a few beers, chilling, just having a good night. You are a jerk. Oh, what? Come on. Whoa. This is to my best friend. Tommy. What did you do? Are you okay? What did you do? Mom, Tim. Your car is this way. It's over this way. How's your face feel? Feels good. Water, look at that. have a chance to watch that trailer i texted to you i didn't get to see the trailer i i should watch it now but damn okay is it as yeah. is, is it good it's uh oh, it's awful. no <laughs> it's awful just now no. will lightning strike twice will this awfulness be accepted the second time because it's him probably i, I think he's gonna play or will it run its course fame. and people will be like yeah i think he's definitely gonna play on his fame from the room yeah try to use that to but get will it work is my it. question i guess or will people be like okay you know what that's done not based on, like, it's not like going to work based on the trailer i'll have to see that yeah, i haven't seen the trailer not you said nothing worked based on the trailer i said i don't, I don't think it'll work just based on seeing okay. the trip it i mean okay. it looks like it's it should be on you know on on sci-fi the with the yeah. the the effects of the shark definitely look like they're made for the sci-fi network as opposed to a movie well i also just wonder how far does the you know kind of the, i don't know if you want to call it like the, the william hung you know from you know like and he got his album and people were like oh and it, but now you don't hear from you know mm -hmm. um did that run its course like because now is it him trying to be bad or is it not as funny this time or not as interesting 
I don't know. This just looks like he made a B movie version of Sharknado. Okay. And you know, consider where you start with yeah. Sharknado. Okay. So yeah. yeah, that's 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 what it is. So okay. So other than that, I, I didn't have uh I didn't have anything else to go along with that one. Um I'll I'll threaten for all the good it'll do you, you probably just need to go watch it anyway, but I'll throw the uh, trailer audio in and uh you can hear Tommy Wiseau say, Oh look, water. Oh water. Oh water, look at that. How's your face? Um, I did say, I, I told Jeff, I said, if the shark's name is not Lisa, I'm going to be very disappointed. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. <laughs> I did not bite her. I did not. Oh, hi, shark. <laughs> hi, sharky. All right. Uh, so I think that probably does it for our news. Um, if there's any news items we missed, anything you want to share with us, again, we are on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Um, feel free to get in touch with us and uh, throw some stuff out there. If you have any comments of your own on any of these, feel free to call into the voicemail line and let us know. Um, we'll give you the number at the end of the show, or you just go to our website and the number's on there as well. So um, the, uh, the this week in 89, real quickly. So we're kind of in the week of February 13th to 19th in 1989. So we had a couple things happen. February 14th, 1989, the first of 24 satellites that would make up the GPS system is put into orbit. Uh, and now nobody buys maps anymore. Uh, February 14th, also February 14th, 1989, the Ayatollah Khomeini calls for the death of author Salman Rushdie for his novel, The Satanic Verses. Um, I, I don't know how much that was a news item here in the States. I remember that when we moved, um, uh, when we moved in 90, it's a 90 or 91 that we moved over to England. Um, I feel like that was an ongoing item in the news when we first moved over there. Cause I, I remember we had a, um, religious studies class in the school that I went to in England. And I remember we talked a lot about this because it was still kind of an ongoing thing. Um, so I, I don't know if that was a, a big deal over here as much, or, or if it was more of a, a European thing. Um, and then finally on September, uh, September, September, that's a new month. Uh, it's a lot like, um, you know, Trucktoberthon and, and all those other months that are completely made up. Uh, but in September 15th, we had the last Soviet troops withdrew from Afghanistan. The top book was Midnight by Dean Koontz. The top movie for the week of February 12th um, was, it just, as we had mentioned last time, it kind of overlapped uh, with this week, The Fly 2. The top song was Straight Up by Paula Abdul. All right. Uh, so this time around, our movie is Major League. It came out the 7th of April, 1989, rated R, with a runtime of one hour, 47 minutes. The director was David S. Ward, who also did King Ralph and The Program, uh, which if anybody listening, I don't know why they would be, but if anybody listening played football for the Libertyville Wildcats in the late 90s, we all know The Program because that was what was showing nonstop on the big screen TV that we had in the locker room. Uh, the Probably one of the greatest, worst uh, college football movies ever made. Uh, producers on this one were Chris Chesser and Irby Smith. Chesser did The Rundown as a producer. Smith did Young Guns and City Slickers. Uh, David S. Ward, the director, was also the writer on this one. He was also a writer for The Sting and Sleepless in Seattle. Cinematography was done by Reynaldo Villalobos. He was uh, also cinematographer for The Running Man and Risky Business. Music was done by James Newton Howard. He did Wildcats, Everybody's All-American, and Pretty Woman. Budget for this one was 11 million. Box office was 49.8 million. Ratings for this one, the Rotten Tomato top critics 
gave this one a 60%. If you just look at the critics, it's an 82%, but top critics gave it a 60%. Rotten Tomatoes audience gives it an 84. IMDb gives it a 72%. Letterboxd gives it a 68%. And CinemaScore, uh, where people are polled as they leave the theater, gives it an A-. Starring Tom Berenger as Jake Taylor, he was in Platoon and Inception. Charlie Sheen was Ricky Vaughn, or Wild Thing. He was in Wall Street and Hot Shots. Corbin Burnson played Roger Dorn. He was in L.A. Law, and he was in, I think, four or five episodes of the newest season of The Punisher on Netflix. Margaret Witten, who died in 2016, played Rachel Phelps. She was in The Secret of My Success. James Gammon, who died in 2010, played Lou Brown. He was in Silverado and Cold Mountain. Renee Russo played Lynn Wells. She was in Ransom and Lethal Weapon 3 and 4. Wesley Snipes played Willie Mays Hayes. He was in Demolition Man and The Blade movies. Charles Cyphers played Charlie Donovan. He was in Halloween. Chelsea Ross played Eddie Harris. He was in Basic Instinct. Dennis Haysbert played Pedro Serrano. He was in 24 and Heat. Andy Romano played Pepper Leach. He was in Under Siege. And Bob Euchre played Harry Doyle. He was in all of the Major League movies and Mr. Belvedere. Harry Doyle here welcoming all of you to another season of Indians baseball. Here's a list of players we'll be inviting to camp. This guy here is dead. Cross him off then. We'd love for you to come to spring training for a shot at this year's club. By the way, you were with me last night. Who's this chick on top of me? We'd still like to take a look at you at our spring camp. Not sure I can make it by then. Who is that? Serrano. What's his religion? Voodoo. Say hey! Willie Mays Hayes here. Play like Mays, and I run like Hayes. How you doing? What the hell league you been playing in? California Penal. Don't you have any proven Major League talent? Now I want to put together a team that'll help us relocate to Miami. You want us to lose? We've been losing. What I want is for us to finish dead last. This year, the Cleveland Indians have a multi-talented team. The first offering, just a bit outside. They're masters of the sacrifice. He's looking to sacrifice a live chicken. One whole chicken, just like you said. The double play. Excuse me. I have a much better body than she does. Thank you for me, she really does. And the pickoff. Every time we win, we peel a section. Tom Berenger. Super under skirt stuck. Use your imagination. Charlie Sheen. These things make me look ridiculous. Seeing's the most important thing, son. I don't think it's that important. Corbin Burnson. And Bob Euchre. Haywood swings and crushes one towards South America. Major League. That ball wouldn't have been out of a lot of parks. Name one. Yellowstone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I will start off by saying this, watching this movie this time for the podcast was the first time I had ever seen this. I had never seen any of the Major League movies before. I I knew of them. I had seen clips of them. Um, You know, I, I had... I think I had seen clips of, you know, Serrano with his voodoo stuff and then things like that. I knew of some of those references, but I How had never watched this movie. What's that? How old were you in 94? Uh, in 94, I would have been... That's number two, sorry. No, the first that's one. two. For this one, I would have been uh, eight. 
89. So 89, you would have been eight. Okay, yeah, that makes sense then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say, because I don't know how you could be a teen and not probably have watched this. Right. Yeah. And this kind of feels like one that I would have seen as a teenager at some point. I remember mm -hmm. seeing like previews and things for Major League Two when that one came out, because at that point I would have been about 13. Um, but just I don't know. Yeah, for some reason stuff, but at the same time, I'm like, you got that uncle and he pretty much showed you everything. So I would figure you would have got around to this one. Yeah, uh, we lived further away by the time I was 13 and 14. So ah, okay. Yeah. You know, my R-rated movies I shouldn't have seen kind of ended around age 11 or something. <laughs> but yeah, so no, this is, this, is, this is the first time I've seen this movie. So what about the rest of you guys? Is this something you had seen before? Did you see it when it came out? Didn't see it at the theater. I was 16, 17. I didn't, I don't, yeah, we didn't see it at the theater. Um, I think we saw it immediately when it came to VHS. My dad got that. Okay. So it was on VHS most, yeah. I would, I'm, I'm almost positive it was VHS. We didn't, he went to taking us to the theater for that kind of. Yeah, I probably saw it uh, when I was in junior high. I I would assume late junior high, early high school, if not junior high. But um, I didn't see it in the theater. I know that much. So, so I would have been, what, 11 when this came out? Yeah, I would have been 10, 11 years old when this came out. So I wouldn't have gone to the theater to see it. So I probably saw it a couple years later on video or something. Our parents weren't big into showing us all the already movies, but it was a comedy um and, and i don't think there's i mean there's language but i don't know I'm, I'm, i don't know i, I i'm i want to say that it was when it came out but that would put me in, yeah i was about 16 so that would have been fine i think around that time 16 17 so yeah yeah i i, I don't know why i haven't seen them before now i mean this sports comedies are a movie that you know i i tend to gravitate towards and and at least give a movie a try so yeah i'm not sure why at this point i hadn't seen them it just I don't know. They were just never on a never on a watch list for me until we got to the podcast, and I realized I haven't seen these yet. Hmm. Well, if you if you haven't seen the others, do yourself a favor and don't watch them. Yeah. Okay. Not even yeah. two. No. No. Nah, no. Not really. Okay. Two, two is our intolerable if you really have nothing to do, and the only channel on is that. Yeah, but not like. <laughs> yeah. Not something I would search out. And then three was just. Three. I don't. Know. I don't even know if I saw three. Be back in back to the minors yeah i don't even think i saw three i i've seen it once maybe twice yeah not great okay so in terms of this one compared with like other well let's just compare it to other kind of baseball maybe comedies um where does this one kind of fit for you guys uh in terms of like the baseball comedy and i'm thinking like let's compare it with something like um a league of their own or the sandlot or um I don't know if you want to consider Bull Durham a comedy. I don't know that's really a comedy. Um, you know, where does this one kind of fit for you in terms of like the baseball movie? Uh, in terms of a baseball movie, I think it it's pretty solid. I don't think it it's comparable to some of those others you mentioned though, because yeah. those those others aren't really baseball movies. You know, A League of Their Own is a great movie that has the backdrop of baseball much like field of dreams it's got this this wonderful backdrop of baseball but it's about so much more um same thing with sandlot it's got this backdrop of, of baseball but it's it's about so much more major league is about baseball and even though it tries to to bring in other elements i think it's um i i, I just i think it's a baseball flick 
Yeah, it's a comedy. It's a baseball flick. It's a it's a bad news. It fits more in the category of a bad news bears, I think. Yeah, yeah, that that'd be a good uh, companion. You know, the team that's struggling. The team, you know, it's got the form, a little bit of the formula, and it's got the funny things that happen. It's got the coat. You know, I think overall, I I think of it, it's in that category. So I would put that. I wouldn't put that in in the category of Field of Dreams or even Bull Durham. And no, Durham, I I definitely so, wouldn't put this in the same. I wouldn't put this in the same category as a Field of Dreams. I don't I don't think it fits with that at all. In Bull Durham, I and think Bull Durham, not really. It's uh, it's Bull Durham's in a higher level than that. This is kind of just more like sophomoric, sort of funny, you know. And it works, and that's what it's supposed to be, just like Bad News Bears. Where Sandlot's got a certain sweetness to it and has the funniness. Bull Durham, you know, has a, a story there too. I mean, I think you feel, at least I do, at least, you know, the, uh, the, the Kevin Costner's character is literally his frustration and his, his um, you know, the dream of not making it, you know, and not really making it anymore. Like he's, he's you know, that, that all works in more of a drama aspect where I don't really think there's too much of a drama piece in this. No, no. I mean, like I said, they tried. They tried, but it's, you know, it's more like a know. sitcom. It's more like a yeah. Um, a little... I mean, you add uh, the different the different stuff that goes on with you know with Serrano and his voodoo, uh, Willie Mays Hayes uh, and his shtick. You have Jake Taylor and his uh, romantic relationship. So they, you know they try to bring in some other stuff, but really, I think you nailed it when you said it's you know it's, it's a sophomoric type of movie. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't look for for too much in there the same way that you could with other uh other sports movies you know it's not a league of their own it's not rocky it's not rudy it's you know it's it's just a a, a silly movie about you know guys playing baseball yeah all right i think we got bo back bo are you back yep oh there you go okay so when we were kind of talking about like you know, first time you saw this and, you know, compared with other like baseball comedies, sports comedies, kind of, how's this one work for you? It worked. I mean, it's one of my favorites. I think I, I have to watch this movie a couple times a year. So I'm, you know, and Jeff's right. Dennis is right. It's not trying to be anything. It's not, I think that's what makes it so good. Yeah. It's just, I mean, the groundskeepers say it all in the first 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Who are these freaking guys? It sets the tone for the whole rest of the movie. Yeah. I guess maybe it's an underdog story, if you will, but even so, that's almost stretching it. Yeah, because it's an underdog story against a comical villain. I mean, she's not even... You're not ever really afraid of her. She's a joke. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. I, I looked it up. Um, I found a couple of different places that they said this actually is based on a kind of a true story. Uh, mm-hmm. Did any, any of you guys find that? It was uh, related to the Minnesota Twins in the 70s. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I that, know that. Um, yeah. So, so this was, I, I pulled this off of, um, it was in a couple of different places, but I pulled it off of IMDb. It says the Rachel Phelps character and her plan to move the Indians was inspired by real life Minnesota Twins owner Calvin Griffith. 
In the 70s, during the planning stages of constructing the Metrodome Stadium, Griffith had negotiated for an escape clause in the team's lease, which said if the Twins' home attendance was under $1.4 million per season for three consecutive seasons, um, the team could be released from its contract and leave Minnesota. So it says, like the Phelps character, Griffith let quality players depart via free agency and use cheap, inexperienced rookies and has-beens. The Twins lost 102 games in their first year in the Metrodome in 82, then 92 games the year afterward, with attendance under 900,000 in each of those seasons. A group of investors from Tampa bought 42% of the team, and the Twins were on the verge of moving to Florida. Uh, to many fans, it appeared Griffith had weaseled the escape clause into the contract and set up the roster so he could put it into practice. The situation was avoided when Griffith sold the Twins to banker Carl Pollard. The Tampa group sold its minority stock to Pollard, and the Twins remained in Minneapolis. And Florida was like the... It was the carrot, or actually, I guess it was the stick that all the owners were using back then. They were, we'll move the team to Florida. We'll we'll do this. We'll do that. And then, of course, Florida got its own team, and then they lost that. But, I mean, even the White Sox almost moved to St. Petersburg for half a heartbeat. So what about each of the uh, – let's talk for a second about each of the different characters. I love that scene when it – like I said, this is the first time I've seen this movie, uh, watching it for the podcast. Oh, my gosh, that, really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, had not seen it as I had, as I mentioned before, hadn't seen this one. You know, I remember in maybe middle school, yeah, it's probably about middle school age, um, the Major League Two previews were coming out. Uh, so I remember seeing those, but I'd never seen the original one. And it just didn't, you know, I think since I hadn't seen the original, then seeing Major League Two didn't hold much fascination for me. So as a, as a teenager, so I just never ended up watching them so this you know watching this for the first time uh for the podcast was the first time i'd seen it and uh i i really liked that whole scene where everybody's showing up for spring training like everybody pulls up in their different cars whether it's on the motorcycle whether it's in the little modified vw bug um you know as, as everybody pulls up and everybody gets introduced so um Let's talk for just a minute about the different players in this movie. Do you have, of the different characters that are in this movie, do you have a favorite from the characters? Hmm. I've always been a Jake Taylor fan, the grizzled veteran. Yeah, I was going to say between him and, and Willie Mays Hayes for some reason. You may run like Hayes, but you hit like... I, th <laughs> I think those two really love baseball. Yes, and you, you have two different viewpoints. You have the veteran viewpoint and you have the, the rookie viewpoint. And, and you know, he, Willie Mays Hayes, is, is he, he's a hotshot rookie and he's all excited about all these records he's going to break and, and, and all the steals he's going to get. And you, have, um, and you have Jake Taylor, who's, you know, just kind of watching it start to disappear and fade yeah, away. How does he say it? Just one more? One, one more has more been. Summer in the sun or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. So I, th I think out of all of them, those are the two that stand out as being the the ball players out of out of the bunch. The others, I I mean, the, the other characters are fun. Serrano's great. Um, yeah, I, I think I think that's probably Serrano and probably Willie Mays Hayes are probably my two favorites in the movie. But I just I love all the scenes with Serrano um, and just yeah, how everybody everybody re reacts to him. You know, his one of his first parts, and he goes and takes the the cover off the um, golf clubs, hats. For bats. for bats keep bats yeah. warm keep bats warm gracias yeah. <laughs> he's even um, funny when he's not in a scene because with the bucket of chicken it what's that for serrano wants to sacrifice a whole chicken yeah <laughs> yeah i i you know harris i i kind of like and don't like I, you know i think 
he uh you know he's definitely seen his career go by and roger dorn i'm not a huge fan of oh he's just there for the money i i um i just gotta throw in just because we're talking you guys are talking about pedro serrano and i'm like it was one of the weirdest things about this that I really didn't connect. And I don't know if you, I'm assuming you have knew, know this, um, that that character, that the actor was the guy who was from 24, the president, and he's from the Allstate commercials. Yeah. And I even went back and looked at it because I'm like, that's not him. And I went back and I'm looking at the picture of him as Pedro Serrano mm-hmm. with the shaved head. And I'm just saying that's not him still. I can't believe that's him still. You know, at at first I didn't think it was, but it, yeah, like in my mind, I'm like, he looks, looks really familiar. I'm not yeah. convinced. I don't believe that that's the same guy because the guy from the Allstate commercials and as the president has this defining voice and character that is just you identify him immediately in any other movies he's in. So when he's in, you know, like uh, Far Away from Heaven and different movies, and he, I see him. But when I go back and I look at uh, Major League, I, I, I still don't see it. I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's him. Do you need him to come on TV and say, are you I, in good hands I, with Joe Boo? I, I think he needs a, there needs to be a line. But, you, you, I mean, you can even go on IMDb and look through the pictures. Mm-hmm. And you look through the pictures and you get to the one where he's got the shaved head holding the bat in the locker room. And I, I, it looks more like Denzel Washington than it does um, him. He just doesn't look like him. Yeah. Doesn't act like, doesn't act like him. I just... I, you could have convinced me that Pedro Serrano was actually um, um, uh, Denzel Washington before you could convince me it's this guy, because he's got such an iconic voice and iconic. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. Yeah. Does everybody know what I'm talking about there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're well, wrong. Well, but... he was the president from '24 when you were watching Major League. I know, John. You said you didn't realize it right away, but I'm saying that that everybody else, Bo. Oh yeah. I I, really? I actually knew a long time ago when I first saw 24. I was like, wait a minute. Is that? No. But you've I, seen, I guess you've said you see Major League every year. I oh, guess my maybe. God. I, I yeah. probably saw this when I was 10 years old. My dad showed it to me. I was far too young. I should not have seen this movie at that age. <laughs> um, but it was amazing. And it was one of those, like, we thought it was so cool that we were allowed to see a movie where they dropped the F-bomb that much. <laughs> That whenever we would go over to Dad's house, we wanted to watch Major League. I mean, it got to be a little ridiculous at some point. So I can, I can do. My wife will attest to this. I can do lines from this movie walking down the hallway, like yeah. it's not. I don't even have to think about it. So I heard the voice in Twenty Four, and I was like, "Whoa, okay, no way!" And then of course I had to go to IMDb and confirm it because you're right. <laughs> it's a tough sell mentally. Well, and the the, but, the shaved head and all that yeah, too. Yeah, up too. Oh, he was such a badass as President Palmer on Twenty Four. Mm-hmm. He was. And then, did anyone oh. ever watch the unit? No, no. Um, he played the the lead sergeant on this show about a special forces unit. The show was called The Unit. It was actually pretty good. Um, and that was and Donna had seen Major League, but she didn't really watch Twenty Four as much. But she loved that show. And at one point, I just waited till she was real into the show one day. And I said, you know who that is, don't you? And then I told her it was Serrano. She's like, no, I had to literally yeah. put okay. the computer in front of her. Oh, it's a tough sell. Don't get me wrong. Because that's one thing the podcast, this like even preparing for this podcast made me realize. Where I was like, wow. Oh, my God. It took, me halfway, it took me halfway through the movie to figure out exactly who he was. 
like I, I was like, I know this guy from somewhere and I didn't want to look it up, but yeah, it, I agree with what you're saying. Um, yeah. yes, it, you place it where it was, it was, you think it was someone else, but then yeah, halfway through, I realized, you know, who he was. Because mm -hmm. he's also, he was also the guy, he was the getaway driver in Heath, right? Yes, I believe so. Mm -hmm. I'd love to meet his acting coach between point A and point B. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but his lines too, his dialogue was so good because it's so, you know. Oh, yeah. It helps it go into that character. It's Jesus, very... I like him very much, but he no help with curveball. <laughs> it's very bad drink Joe Blue's rum. <laughs> very bad. Bats up, are sick. Up yours, Joe Boo. <laughs> Up your butt, Joe Boo. <laughs> hey, bartender, Joe Boo needs a refill. But I think um, from a baseball player standpoint, I probably would agree with Bo that if you watch this movie even a couple times, um, you're just going to, you're it's, it's quote, so quotable. Especially as baseball players. Like there's not a, you know, the, <laughs> there's not, as a PE teacher, like anytime anybody, you know, throws something wild. It's like just a bit outside. <laughs> oh yeah, that just yeah. comes out. You do, you don't uh, even think it's automatic. One of my favorite somewhere. one that sometimes people don't get right away too is I'm not thinking of the exact words, but it's like too high. Too. What do you mean too high? I, was, I thought it was too high. The trajectory oh, yeah, the, of the, the trajectory ball. Trajectory. Yep. The ball. Too high. Too hard. Too hard. <laughs> Who gives a crap? It's gone. Exactly. That's <laughs> the best part about that whole sequence is how it ends. He's like, who gives? Yeah. Run. They're having this whole argument about yeah, it's too high, it's too high the trajectory. Ball oh, four. we'll pull that out, my brother. Ball eight. Pull that out. Ball when twelve. We go to uh, we go to a Cubs game. Yeah. Big high pop up. We'll look at each other. Too high. Too we'll high. Too to high. Yeah. So we, yeah. <laughs> we'll go back to our beer. <laughs> <laughs> I do love. I think one of my favorite parts in the movie is when they carry uh, Willie Mays Hayes out, and he's you you see the the practice the next morning. And it kind of the camera pans down and he's asleep on his bed, mm -hmm. like outside the fences. And he all of a sudden wakes up. He's like, oh, I've been cut already. And then the next <laughs> scene, you see him just like racing with the other guys. And, and they're like, oh, get that guy a uniform. Yeah. <laughs> this I like the guy that wasn't invited to camp. <laughs> the slide where he slides short. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nope. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Like, come on. Come on. Yeah. Just gives him the finger. I did realize, I, I looked this up, this was also on IMDb, apparently there was a, um, they called it an elegant beetle conversion kit that you could buy back in the 70s and 80s. Um, you could buy... Wasn't it based uh, on like a Cheech and Chong bit or something, or did they use it in that movie too? They said that it was in, it was referenced in uh, Up in Smoke, but they said in the, mid, yeah, in the mid 70s to mid 80s, you could buy what was called an elegant beetle kit. Um, and it was a, uh, customized VW Beetle with a Rolls Royce grill, a replacement trunk and a hood ornament. <laughs> and they said they had that up until the mid eighties and then Rolls Royce sued the company that was making the conversion kits. And then they didn't do it after that. Rolls Royce needs a better sense of humor. Well, I wonder if they have like an elegant Sentra kit. Maybe I could update my car and there you go. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that Charlie Sheen um, was actually a baseball player. Like that yeah. he was, he was a really good. Apparently, he was a really good high school pitcher, and uh, he was uh, offered a scholarship to um, was it Kansas? 
I think it was. And and they said that, uh, you know, that he actually was a decent pitcher. Like he could throw in the, I think they said the high eighties. Um, and so they just, they did some camera stuff, you know, they did a few things to kind of simulate that. Um, Brought the mound closer, was, shot yeah. behind the catcher, that sort of stuff. That yeah. he was throwing faster, but um, you know, that helps too when you're, when your yeah. characters have actually played the sport and. Well, and mm-hmm. he, he even admits to taking steroids to prepare for the role. You know, I did. I saw that. Yeah. Got him an extra couple miles an hour on his fastball. He swears. Mm-hmm. I just wonder when that interview was before or after tiger blood. So yeah. did anyone else or, or does anyone else um, have, have issues watching movies with stars that have gone through some sort of uh, public turmoil, like Charlie Sheen? Like, do you watch this movie now and go, Oh, Charlie Sheen. You cringe a little bit. Yeah, I liked it, yeah. Or like, you know what, uh, like a a Mel Gibson movie now or um, a Kevin Spacey movie now. Like, you sit there and go, oh, I feel uncomfortable watching this a little bit. Not really. I don't, I I try to, you know, they probably were going through junk back then too. I'm sure they were in the middle of doing stuff that nobody had found out about or, or nobody cared at that point. But I don't, I, I try, when I look back at, at people's younger movies, like, you know, until this stuff came out about Kevin Spacey, Kevin Spacey's probably one of my favorite actors. Yeah. And, you know, I, I still enjoy going back and watching those performances and to find out that he was doing stuff, you know, years ago in the, in before he ever did any of the roles that I loved. And I, I try to, you know, I, if he did the things that he did, uh, and he, if he truly did, then yes, he should have to pay for those things. But, you know, for me, it doesn't change. I don't automatically feel like I need to boycott or suddenly distance myself from things that I've always enjoyed in the past. Um, you know, so I, I didn't, and I wonder that too, when I, you know, I've never been like a huge Charlie Sheen fan, but that never really entered into my mind when I was watching this one, or if I've gone back and I've seen something else that Kevin Spacey has been in, or, um, you know, even, even to a certain extent, Bill Cosby. I mean, I, I don't watch the Cosby show a whole lot recently, but you know, that there was a lot of really good messages in that show uh, when it was on. And so I don't know. I, I don't think I personally feel weird. I mean, maybe I just, maybe I have that thought, you know, kind of what you just vocalized. And I was like, oh, that's a shame what happened to him. But I, I try not to let that color my enjoyment of a movie that has a whole bunch of other people in it. Well, and like I said, I think you try not to, because yeah, you don't want to diminish the other people's work, the director, the other actors, but it does, there's a thought. There's always a thought yeah. that pops in your head. Like with Kevin Spacey, just, uh, you know, I showed the, um, before the PSA project, I'll show the uh, Pay It Forward clip yeah. where he does a speech in the class, you know, and he challenges the kid with the theme at the beginning. And it's a great, like, kind of opening segue for that. But it, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm showing him this guy, you know, like, I, you don't want to take away the script. You don't want to take away the directing. You don't want to take away that piece. But at the same time, there is a thought, a little asterisk that will always be there, just like in baseball with, you know, McGuire and all those people, there's an asterisk, you know. And I feel like it's hard to not completely, you know, just lose yourself in the characters. At some point, you're thinking that's Charlie Sheen still. And you're going, I'm, you know, you're trying to enjoy it. but And you will, and I can still enjoy it. But I'm saying there's a thought process that there is 
it's addressed. It's the elephant in the room type of thing. It's, at least it's there. Don't yeah. think, think you're thinking about it. You know, it's it's that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Same thing with Cosby Show too. It's like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. a turn. I used to love showing that. I used to show it to the kids, and it's like I don't want to not show it because, like you said, it's a good show. Um, but at the same time, it's like, man, I wish I could just show it without having to even, you know, think about that. Yeah. I, when all that came out, I, I did swear that I would never go back and watch Leonard Part Six ever again. Yeah. So yeah. Or, I'm sure or, that was the only reason why, right? Or or, or yeah. Ghost Dad or or some of those other. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's weird as I think the Mel Gibson one. I don't have as big. I don't know. I think initially, and then that sort of wore off quicker. But I think Cosby thing there, you know, um, well, and no. Kevin Spacey, obviously, because if those things are true, you know, that's. Mel Gibson, his thing was just he would get on those rants, right? He'd be drunk and say stuff and be, yeah, and get on a rant pretty much. That was uh, the main parts of it, yeah. 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 And there'd be some racist or homophobic or, you know, comments and stuff. And, um, and again, how much is that? The drinking, how much is, is that him doesn't excuse it. It just, I don't think there was anything officially criminal or anything like like if Kevin Spacey's thing was. Because like how many how many how many Hollywood stars don't you know if you're really looking for them as your heroes and role models I mean how many of them are you know have drug issues and yeah well see that's the thing and you know it's funny I read an interview and I think it was by the cast of the Cosby Show or it was a, something in that just you know it was a don't confuse Bill Cosby with um, Huxley you know they're, they're they're not the same that's you know yeah. And so even though one is a fictional character, if you want to look up at, at that, per, you know, looking up yeah. a, a fictional character and kind of idolize that or imagine that or, um, you know, everything like that, that's one thing. But it, it don't. Yeah, it was just kind of that message of, of trying not to do that. And I, I think that's why I try not to have. I don't want to say that I try not to have a problem with it, but I try to make that distinction in my mind that. I'm watching a character that I'm not, I'm trying not to tie the behaviors of the, of the actor in with this particular character for this particular movie. Um, I think maybe that's, if I'm, if I'm going to verbalize that, I, that maybe is the distinction that I make in my own head. Um, but definitely Dennis, as you said, I, there's definitely that in the back of your mind, you know, that this person screwed up, that this person did some horrible things um, but I think in terms of, you know, watching a movie like this or watching a movie where that's happened to somebody, I think I try to focus on, I'm watching this for these fictional characters, mm-hmm. not for the, you know, not for the actors that portray them. I agree. All right. Do we have anything else that we want to say about the movie itself before I jump into some of our five questions? I, I, I think it's a fun movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you, you don't, don't expect too much going into it. And just, you know, get ready to enjoy just, I don't know, just laid back fun craziness about, you know, traveling on the road. Um, you know, the, the hardships that the team does go through, you got the, the boat propeller for the, in the hot tub, you've, you've got, uh, the bus that's falling apart, the plane that's falling apart, you know, it's, but these guys band together and they stick together and, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's fun. It's enjoyable. I was. I told you before. I was excited to see that somebody else owned some of those classic literature comics, just like I have. Yeah, there you it's go. Like, oh, I'm not the only one that has these. 
All right. So let's get into our um, and and actually, I want to see if we can. Not that I want to like zip through the five questions really super fast, but since we've got everybody here, um, I want to do our five questions and I want to kind of, you know, go through those a little quickly because we've got Dennis and we all kind of lamented and said, we wish we had had Dennis here for Field of Dreams. So I want to actually dedicate some time to talking a little bit about Field of Dreams. Um, so we're probably going to record for like another two and a half hours after the five questions. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and do our five questions, and then uh, we'll go ahead and we'll we'll give uh, Dennis some time to kind of uh, process his thoughts on Field of Dreams and share some of that stuff with us and, and see how much more wrong we can make Pat. So here are our five questions for this time. He asks each traveler five questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. You've got to ask yourself one question. What are you asking me for? I don't know. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. First of the five questions is, if you played baseball, what position would you play? Bo. Uh, catcher. Okay. Any particular reason? Um, well, when I did play, I played catcher and I liked it. I liked being sort of the captain on the field and, and calling the game from back there. And, um, yeah. Okay. All right. Dennis, what about you? Um, pitcher. I was a pitcher and, um, yeah, I think I just, I, I read, Tom Seaver's uh, the it was my my Christmas gift for the art of pitching um, by Tom Seaver, and one of his first uh, the first chapters was talking about how you you know you 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 thrive on that you you crave that one on one battle between hitter and and, and pitcher, and uh, you know out thinking the other person out physically maneuvering the other person and trying to get him hit your pitch and just the whole the way he really described that duel between pitcher and batter was just something that locked on to me and um so yeah pitcher okay all right and you you said you were a pitcher when you played yes yeah yeah was there ever um was there ever time even as a pitcher was there ever time that you were like if i wasn't a pitcher i would like to play i'd like to try this other position well, I played some third, I played some outfield, and I was a DH for uh, part of it, too. And those are all just kind of, like, weird. It was fun for me. Yeah. Like, I had no pressure on myself. Uh, if anything, I had too much pressure on myself as a pitcher because I took it so seriously. It was like, you know, religion. It was like just, you know, you had to do this and you had to, you had your routine. And when you went out there and played outfield or third base, man, I was just I was back on the sandlot having fun. So I actually often did better in those positions sometimes because I didn't have the pressure. You're just playing the game. Yeah. Now, when you were pitching, did you also bat? Uh, not during college. No, we didn't okay. bat really. And then that's when there was a series of some people sick and injured and stuff. And I actually had to bat in a bases loaded situation and uh, they had no other, nobody else to go to. So it's like, I guess you're hitting for yourself and not having taken too much batting practice at all. Um, I just know, okay, as a pitcher, he's going to try and get a, get ahead and throw a first pitch fastball. And I jacked it in the center field and I kind of stood there and looked at it, not cocky, just like, whoa. <laughs> and then I ended up uh, getting to DH for a while for the like remainder of the season as well. So if I wasn't pitching my starting game, I would actually get to, to, to um, hit as well. Okay. Nice. Yeah. 
But once they found out that I couldn't hit a curveball, because <laughs> 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 you didn't take batting practice, so it's like, what the heck sure. is that? I seen him on this end. I haven't seen him on the other end. Literally, one guy threw me like I think uh, in a game when they figured it out, threw me seven straight curveballs. <laughs> I'm not joking. And I remember looking, going like, you know, I swing and I miss. I don't swing. They call it. I'm like, what, what? What do I do here? Just throw me a fastball, dude. Come on, don't be a whoop, you know, whip about it. You have to throw a fastball. So, so, so you're saying, so you're saying Joe Boo never helped you? No, 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 not at all. I, he I hadn't need discovered the joys of voodoo yet. Yeah. Not till he made that doll of you, John. I mean, okay. I wasn't supposed to tell that, was I? I was a first, first pitch uh, fastball hitter. Okay. That's what I'd go up there looking for. Cause I always thought like, okay, as a pitcher, you're going to try and get ahead. Can I come with a kind of a, you know, nice fastball right down the middle somewhere or edge and look for it and try to jack it. That, once right. you got the breaking balls, it was pretty sad. Okay. All right. Uh, Jeff, what about you? If you played baseball, what position would you play? Uh, probably the bat boy. Okay. <laughs> say manager. If, if you were forced onto the field to play an athletic position, what would I'm you not, play? I'm not what you would call athletic. Right. But if somebody forced you um, out of if everyone else died and they needed another player. Probably left field. Okay. Any particular reason? Because that's where you put guys like me. Okay. <laughs> Dennis laughs because he knows it's true. Okay. I said manager, man. See, I, you know what? I was going to say manager, but then I started really thinking about it. I'm like, I don't think I'm smart enough to manage a team. <laughs> so you're saying that you're not going to join the, uh, the Hawthorne School District ba- uh, softball team? I'm still waiting for my invitation after being at Hawthorne for... 11 years. Okay. All right. Well, I've been there like 13 years now. I never got one. So maybe don't hold your breath. Should we start our own fat guys league? We could. Yeah. Yeah. Two man softball league. We just sit around and talk about what we wish we could do. Yeah. Just do that for a few days. So actually, why don't we just start a cricket team? Because that's basically what that is. All right. Okay. I have the bat. So I'll bring it with me. Um, Pat, what about you? If you had to play baseball, what position would you play? I would, I would be like the road quarterback. I would be like the road. I would make sure people get on the bus. You know what? Okay. I would make sure bus uh, manager. I would be like that. And Dennis, if you remember the cross country season, you're probably laughing when you hear me say that, but I would be the guy that would make sure everyone gets on the bus on time. I would be able to like call and make sure that, you know, the hotel room is all set up. Um, I would make that the food was okay. These are important jobs. If there was some kind of like, like, like uh, issue, like I'd be like the button man. Like okay. if someone needed their buttons pushed, I'd push them. Like that kind of. But thing. now, if it was a physical position on the mm-hmm. field, yeah. If if everybody came down with dysentery and they needed you to play, um, I'd be the first guy on the field if there was a fight. Like, I don't mind that. Like, if they, like Matthew, you know the positions for baseball. If we, if we, needed, you know, uh, if we needed to, if, <laughs> if I don't think, like, I think he's having there's okay, there's a guy at first base, there's second base, third base, short. Let's see, I don't know who's on there, uh, I got who's at first, field. what's on second. I don't know who's on third. I got are there, are there uh, chasers and bludgers? And I, I can see Pat in the outfield, yeah, yeah he's got the legs for it for sure, mm-hmm. yeah. I can I, see him I as did, an outfielder. All you got to do is he could teach him to catch a ball, and he could play a mean center with that speed. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, have have me and left. Have Pat in center. It'd be great. Pat can Pat cover. Uh, 
<laughs> as long as someone would teach, you know, as long as someone would teach me. Otherwise, I'll be the guy that, like, if if the pitcher hits the batter and, like, the benches have to clear, I'll be the guy that tackles the pitcher. Oh, that's an important play. job, too. Yeah. yeah, when we played basketball in uh, 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 school, like, that was just my job. Like, if we needed to foul someone and take them out of the game, and, what, like, I could do that without remorse like you should I have played a, hockey yeah i should have skating was an issue but i'm going to try and remedy <laughs> that but uh but if sounds, I had, sounds like a good enforcer yeah it, i mean i'm trying to think like if i if i had to you know like i said i mean it would all just be watching and saying hey i think that would be cool to play i, I don't know um i, I love watching you guys are going to laugh because I'm going to just trip all over myself trying to describe what I'm seeing. It's fun watching the outfield, but it's really fun watching like the basement and the shortstop, like seeing them work together. And whenever you get like, you know, a double play or something like that, where they like are able to, you know, chuck the ball around, like everybody running around the bases ends up out. It's really fun watching that. But I mean, I just, I, I have nowhere near the skill to play any of that. But if, if, if we're talking wishes, then if I had to be on the field, um, I think that that would be kind of like the most exciting. Like, I think that would be fun to be a part of. If there's something that I would have a hope or a prayer of doing, maybe if you could teach all the, all the teach me all the skills I'm missing, it would be the outfield. And then if it didn't have to be athletic, then yeah, I'd, be, I'd just be like the guy that makes sure everyone gets on the bus. Fair enough. Um, I think for me, I always, as a kid, I, I never got to play baseball. I don't know what, I, I remember asking my parents if I could, join like a little league team or something like that. I don't know if my, I can't imagine my dad did. Cause I think he played baseball as a kid. I don't know if my mom had objections to me playing and I grew up in Texas. So it's not like you couldn't find a baseball little league team somewhere every two blocks. I kept asking if I could play baseball and I, I never got a chance to. So I don't know what the reasons were. I, I don't know that I was ever told the reasons why, but I always wanted to be a catcher. Like I always thought that to me seemed like the, the position that I would absolutely love um, and so the, the closest I ever got was when we moved to England, I actually got to play uh, catcher on our cricket team for school. So, you know, that's similar in a sense to baseball, but if I was going to do any position on the field, I probably would do catcher. And I always kind of felt like, Bo, like you said, like you're kind of, you're almost kind of the, the captain on the field there. And I, I kind of felt like that was, you know, cause I played football and, and I always felt like that's the center on the football team. You know, it's the, the quarterback and the running back and all those guys get all the glory, but I kind of feel like it's the the center that's on the line there. That's, you know, trying to recognize the the defense and, and, you know, make calls last second, you know, you're making audible calls just like the quarterbacks making audible calls and, and you're in control of all that. So I always kind of felt like the catcher was probably the closest, um, equivalent to the football center so that one kind of always would have appealed to me all right number two favorite baseball related memory or and and this is you know really just for pat's benefit uh if you're not a baseball fan or don't have a baseball related memory a sports related favorite memory Hmm. mine is mine is real simple i don't know that i have anything super specific but i just remember going to a, a lot of texas ranger games with my dad growing up, uh, going together with the whole family, you know, going to games with my dad. And I do remember one of them, uh, I did get to get to watch Nolan Ryan pitch. So I know that was my, probably one of my favorite memories of going to the the ballpark in Arlington with my dad. Gosh, a favorite one. That's tough. There's so many, but uh, the first night game I ever went to at Wrigley Field, just the whole thing, just being there at night was cool. Was that pretty soon after they added the lights? Yeah, we went that first year. It wasn't 
Yeah, we went sometime in September, I feel like, late that year. Because the light, the I think they turned the lights on in August, I want to say. August 8th, um, 1988. There you go. Yeah, we went sometime in September. Dad got tickets from some, probably a vendor of his at that time. And we'd been to a ton of games as kids, always during the day. And, and it's just something different about that first time you go see a ball game at night. I don't know how to describe it. Just the smells, the sounds, they were just a little different. And I don't know, it was cool. But honestly, anytime you walk out of the, you walk onto the concourse at Wrigley, it's the next best baseball moment. Mm-hmm. Something about that place. Yeah, Dennis I, I, feels the same way. <laughs> yeah. Is that how you feel at Wrigley, Dennis? I'm channeling the spirit of Mister Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> he can't say anything nice. <laughs> Uh, it's funny because <laughs> I literally like uh, my references to, to Wrigley Field when, with kids and stuff because um, I've been there a couple times I've been to some games and I just felt it was like always like dirty and tra- just I don't know <laughs> so so whenever there's like something happens in school and kids like have the classroom a mess or whatever and there's stuff all over like you know you leave somewhere and like you walk away and like people leave bottles and crap everywhere i'm always like like look at this you guys pick this up it looks like wrigley field like what is this wrigley field (laughs) my reference to wrigley field in my in my day-to-day life i'm glad you find that humorous i do (laughs) (laughs) so so wrigley field has become synonymous with a mess fred rogers is not proud of you well, I didn't say anything that bad. <laughs> you, you disappoint Fred Rogers. You have no idea the thoughts in my head that I could be saying, but yeah. No, All I, right, think I guess I've, I'll jump in then. I'm, I'm kind gonna of go an idea. With, I'm going to go with like a few different things, though. Just a couple really quick. But one is when you say favorite baseball thing, I think back to kind of the Sandlot days with the neighborhood, you know, going with my brother and, and, and our neighborhood kids, and we would go to play, you know, a game called, called Lab. Um, where it was just underhand, sort of like actually it was overhand, but like slow, slow pitch. When you just get out there and be, you know, center field, right field out, you know, if you didn't have enough guys, but the days of just going down, putting your bike on, literally like the movie Sandlot, that was our baseball life growing up. So um, that's like my ultimate true baseball memory of it. If you want to go professional baseball, then I'm going to go like uh, probably the 83 White Sox winning ugly. Um, you know, my dad was not a big baseball fan. He was a, a um, he was a swimmer. So I think there was an initial disappointment that we were not, that we chose baseball over swimming. And uh, for us to get to go to a game with him, because he used to know the Annie Frayne ushers at, uh, at Comiskey Park, because he went to, he worked at IIT, Illinois Institute, Illinois Institute of Technology down there. So, you know, we got really good seats behind home plate and, you know, and, and we'd get to see a game. And I remember walking back and, you know, he bought us the shirts and stuff. And that was kind of rare because it wasn't really like him to necessarily do that because of, you know, it was baseball and that was what took us away from swimming. So um, that memory, I think that. And then finally, I would say uh, seeing Tom Seaver pitch as a White Sox. I didn't think that would happen because when I bought the book, he was a New York, uh, New York Met. And then all of a sudden, this guy that I had idolized as a, reading the baseball stuff becomes a White Sox, and I get to see him in a White Sox game. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I'm struggling to come up with one memory. I wish I could remember my first game at Wrigley. Um, I mean, I, I know it was a mess. 
it, it'd be like walking to Dennis's classroom. Um, <laughs> but hey, I'm, if he could reproduce that smell in his classroom, I'd be there every day. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. You should step in his classroom Beer just once. Tennis. <laughs> and hot dogs. You're pissed off. Keep it civil. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm certain my and first. The of a, and the stench of a hundred years of law losing. All right, you had your turn. Shut That's up. That's it. Now you've crossed the line. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, man. Can't we mute him? Yeah, I can. You want me to? Please. Okay. Can he just, um, give, me, can he just give me one day? To enjoy the smell of death of everyone's hopes for how many years? <laughs> oh man! Um, <laughs> now, I'm pretty sure that my first game would have been with uh, with my family, but I just have no recollection no recollection of when that would have been. Um, but I think other, you know, going to my first Cubs convention with my dad was awesome, and just he and I both meeting. You know Ryan Sandberg and Andre Dawson and Ernie Banks and and Gary Matthews and I mean the list goes on and on. You know I literally walked into Gary Matthews. I stood up from a table and turned around and walked right into the guy. Um, you know as we were leaving the 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 hotel and convention center, Randy Hundley was walking in and um, you know and, and see meeting uh, Andy Pafko. You know just really cool stuff those sorts of memories um being at david ross's last home game in in 16 was really neat and really really neat to experience um and then be, uh in 17 going to a game and being able to wear a world series ring was incredible just a really neat moment of you know being able to just have that that ring on my hand was just awesome. So there you go. That's cool. I noticed that you didn't mute Dennis during the entirety of your discussion there. I don't know how to unmute him. Oh, okay. Okay. Do you want me to unmute him, or he's talking right now? Do we really want to let him back in here if he's good? Or, um, I suppose we'll see what happens. Okay. All right. I'll, you, I'll, did, I'll go ahead and do it. Did you guys really unmute uh, mute Dennis? Yeah, Jeff did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> You can we can mute each other. That's outstanding. I, apparently, I thought I was the only one that could do that. But Jeff, Jeff, I'm just and if if I don't want to like cut too close to the bone here, but I, I just, I maybe my favorite. Well, no, it's not my favorite, but baseball memory. But I just remember like when the Cubs won, Dennis started heckling as soon as he set foot in the building, right? Yeah. And I just remember <laughs> Jeff's reaction. I recall. Like, do you remember this? Like, and Dennis yeah. would only like, and Dennis was so mad. By the time that the Cubs had won, it like each time he talked, he was more angry about it. And then the only thing he would say would be like Chapman, Chapman and Bartman, Chapman and Bartman, where he would just say two words. And then Jeff, your line was just, and it's just like, I just, I just want a day. I, yeah. I just, I just, can I just have a day? Can I just enjoy one day with my team? Please, please. Give, give is me, that, is give that me one much? day to enjoy this before you start tearing it down. Uh, <laughs> I'm, right. I'm going to go back and I'm going to, I'm going to just. <laughs> <clear>. <laughs> Oh. Did you mute Did him you again? Mute? Good <laughs> lord! Oh my god! We'll just let, let him keep going. It's fine. Oh, he doesn't that's... know. He doesn't realize he's muted. It's great. These things. These things happen in the preceding days or weeks, but once they won, I let you enjoy it. 
You did, did not, not let me enjoy it. <laughs> you did not. Yes, you, I did. you came down to my classroom. You're like, no, you have no. to admit, Madden almost managed him right out of there. You have that to. That was three days no. later. I waited. I gave myself a three day grace period, and then I unloaded. It's funny how you remember history wrong. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! That was funny. That was. A, oh my god! I don't know. Maybe it was because when the White Sox won, we had one day where we could wear jeans. When the Cubs were even in the playoffs, it was pretty much like six months of wear whatever the hell you want as long as you have a Cubs jersey. And what's the problem? It got a little old. <laughs> he just didn't like seeing how good you looked in jeans, Jeff. That's all it is. My, my daughter had an issue, too, because apparently the high school was like, yeah, you don't have to show up, Bo. You don't have to show up when there's the parade. You could just skip school that day because we all yes. understand that yeah, when the White true. Sox, you would have been the truant offers would have truant officers would have been all over you if you went even took a half day off to enjoy the White Sox. I'm just I'm, saying, you know. Yeah, but who just... enjoys the White Sox anyway? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> For the record, I did show up to school the day of the parade, even Ooh. though I, I as I, did I. I I put in my time correctly and. You know, I well, Autumn I, said it was a waste of time to go to school that day anyway because all they did at the high school was watch the parade on TV. Well, that's that's all I did in my classroom <laughs> that, that day. Qualifies as a wonderful <laughs> educational experience. The superintendent set, sent out that message saying um, that you that we're not supposed to go because there's too many people requesting off. So I didn't go, and and it you know it really bumps me out because my dad and I were planning on going together. And because of that message from the superintendent, I didn't go and I didn't get to experience that with my dad. So that, that still bums me out. Dude, I would have let you go. Why weren't you superintendent? Yeah. What the heck, man? I, I don't know why you listened. I would have gone, man. Cause, Cause heck, you know, one less cup that... fan at the school that day would have been better off for me. <laughs> cause, cause Jeff doesn't have one foot in Illinois and one foot in California and he enjoys being employed. <laughs> That's I wasn't true. tenured yet. Yeah. Yeah, but you have a good point there, John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Pat, I know this is kind of a loaded question for you. What's your favorite baseball memory? Um, <laughs> other, than, other than being at school. Wait, wait, wait. Other, than, other than being at school and, like, talking to Dennis and Jeff and, you, and everybody, like, when the Cubs won the World Series, that was pretty awesome. Just being, <laughs> being involved in that whole thing that we just discussed. Um, seriously, though, you know what I, um, I I've told this to people too when I'm trying to convince people to like, you know, go check you know check out car racing or check out something you know it's another sport. I say always go see it live. Don't watch it on TV. When you see something live, kind of as it was intended to be enjoyed, um, you're gonna enjoy things far more now. And that's kind of how I feel about baseball. Like the times that I've been able to get to a baseball game, um, is just awesome. And I wish I could pick one. Um, but I mean, you know, I think, there's so many you've been to. Well, it, and it's funny, and maybe I'm and may, so many, many. I mean, that's a that's a you know a relative term. But I mean, I've been to Wrigley to see the Cubs. I mean, I think from when I was, I remember my mom took me and my brother when we were pretty young. Um, I've been to Comiskey probably the most, and I say Comiskey because I I was at Old Comiskey, then I was at New Comiskey, and then I was at the Cell. And I know that the Cell and New Comiskey are the same place, but like. The name kept changing, and so there were a couple times I would go, and like the name would be different. And I've been, um, I would, I've been in like the upper deck, which was exciting because those are the seats that like feel like you're gonna fall off them because they're so tall. 
Um, I've been in skyboxes. I've been in like, you know, a bunch of different things. I've been to the uh, Brewer Stadium. I've been to uh, watch the Twins play. I mean, and it's just like each one is like a different experience and it's, it's fun to check it out and to see something live, you know, especially, you know, professional sports live. It's, it's just exciting. And, and, you know, um, I, I can't pretend to be an expert by it, but it's just, it's just fun and going and seeing um, something live. So that would be, that would be my favorite memories. Just anytime I got a chance to see a game and uh, um, from the different stadiums and, you know, the, the handful of stadiums I've been to, that's kind of a cool, it was, it was a cool thing. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, before we go on to our next question, I, I will back up a little bit and I will say, Dennis, it, it's actually because of going to a game at Comiskey. It's because of the White Sox fans that I became a Cubs fan. <laughs> because I went, when we first moved here, see, I come from Texas where yeah, we just we had this conversation. I think we yeah, had this conversation. Yeah. Where I, I come from Texas where we just, we love sports. Like... <laughs> we love sports in Texas. We, we don't have a problem with other people. We just love sports, no matter what it is. And so here I am, I, I come to Chicago. I don't realize that there's this apparently intense rivalry between the Cubs and the Sox. So as an innocent child who came from another place, John, were you I wore truly an innocent child though. Maybe at that point um, mm-hmm. until this happened. And at that point I, I grew up and I realized that, you know, people's is people's and uh, people's all that is stuff. People's, but, okay. Mm-hmm, uh, is potatoes is, is people's. And I wore a Cubs hat to uh, Comiskey. And I did not realize that that would be a problem for someone. And I had a hot dog thrown at my head. Are you sure they weren't giving you one and being kind? No, because it was half eaten and it had a whole bunch of stuff all over it. And it was airborne. They were throwing it right at me. And it was, yeah. So, um, so because of That's that, I, I decided, terrible. yeah, I decided that day that I was a Cubs fan. I had not made a decision up to that point. Didn't know anything. Yeah, that makes make a, a lot decision. of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, throwing a hot dog at you makes you go to a Cub fan, yet death threats against a guy named Steve Bartman make you go, I want to be a Cub I told you, I told you Bartman and Chapman. I knew it was going to come back. Hey, Cubs fans never mistreated me. <laughs> Whatever beef they have with somebody else, that's that's yeah. between them. You know, yeah, That's thought, how bullying solved. You know, you talk about the rivalry thing, John. It's pretty funny. Uh my wife and I, we were on vacation a couple of years back. We went to Boston. I love the city of Boston. I mean, I was there once. I like I could move there. I mean, I really enjoyed being in Boston. And I picked up a, I got a Boston, uh, I got a Red Sox hat. And for, I mean, I'm not going to pretend that I'm suddenly a Boston Red Sox. I wasn't going to be like, oh, this is my adopted team. It's just, I was, I thought the hat was cool. I love the city, you know, so I got a, I got a Red Sox hat. And, uh, and it's funny because I was sitting there and we got on the plane to come home and the plane was like, crowded and uh i had i was playing in a friend's wedding so i had my trumpet and i brought it as carry-on so you know you have a little bit of extra luggage that you're trying to stow and everything and the guy i was sitting right next to you know it was kind of crowded you know you're you know bumping into and we're trying to get all settled and i looked i'm like hey i'm really sorry i'm like i'll get all this settled down you know just give me a second and i had the boston and i totally forgot he goes hey don't worry about it anything for a Sox fan don't worry about it you want something to drink? I'll get you a drink. And it was like the nice. Kid, it was. I'm really. I'm really glad he wasn't a Yankees fan. You know. I mean, it right. Was, but it was. And it wasn't even a joke. It was just like, hey, don't worry about it. anything for a Sox fan. And being from Chicago, my reaction was, Sox fan. How does like? I, it it took me a minute to realize. Oh yeah, that's right. The 
they refer to the Red Sox as the Sox. Yeah. So it was a, uh, it was kind of a fun thing. And I ended up striking up a conversation with the guy and we talked for the entire like two hour flight or whatever, but he was under the impression I was a Red Sox fan. And you know, that was that. Well, and just for the record, just to back this up and uh, just, I'm, I'm, I'm I, I, I have the mute button ready. <laughs> I apologize for your unfortunate hot dog incident at Kimiskey Park when you were where you were wearing the Cubs hat. Um, but just overall, just so you know that if you were to poll um, nationwide uh, um, fans and everybody, pretty much um, anybody who's a baseball fan, the Cubs are right there with, uh, I believe, Boston, New York as some of the most obnoxious and rudest oh, fans. Just, just saying. So the friendly confines is kind of. You know, not necessarily accurate all the time. Uh, Here can, we go. <laughs> can you cite your source, please, other than your own invention? Go look at every rating. They're, they're online. What ratings? I'll pull some up. I'll share them. Yeah, please Polls. send me. Send, send me your ratings that you're, that you're quoting. Surveys. <laughs> surveys. Right, First surveys done on the south side. All right, it's getting late. Can we move <laughs> on to the next damn we're, question? We're, we're moving on to the next question. <laughs> I, thought, I thought we were going to go this go through this real quick so dennis could take us three hours to talk about field of dreams right well we were supposed to and then we unmuted dennis so that was a mistake all right so number three favorite sports themed comedy movie and i will start off by saying i had a little bit of trouble with this one because i made the mistake of starting to list out the sports themed comedy movies i could think of and i of the ones that i listed out i I listed out at least i want to say like 10 to 12 in my first listing and I narrowed that down to, I think, what would be my top three. Uh, my top three would be Kingpin, Caddyshack, and The Sandlot. And I think of those three, I might have to go Sandlot. A Sandlot a comedy? Well, I guess. I mean, I, yeah. See, when I hear sports-themed comedy, I'm thinking something like either Caddyshack or Basketball. Okay. Well, if you, if you don't accept Sandlot, then i got to go Caddyshack. That's yeah, your show, man. It's your list. You well, put on it what you want. Of of the three movies that I had as my finals, I of my of those three, my favorite of those three is The Sandlot. If if Sandlot's not enough of a comedy, then I'll go Caddyshack. So, so that's mine. Yeah. Favorite sports themed comedy movie. What do you got? Major League would probably be mine. Okay. I might I might have to go basketball. I haven't seen basketball. Oh God, I love that movie so so much. Oh, I'll lend it to you and uh, make sure you watch it without the kids. It's okay. been far too long since I've seen it, but God, is it good? I have, Pat, Pat, I gotta Dennis, go with, I got to go with dodgeball. Ah, uh, but it wasn't. It's Caddyshack, but then okay. dodgeball's in there. Dodgeball was on my list too. Mm-hmm. If you could dodge a wrench, you could dodge a ball. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, Dennis, you said Caddyshack for yours. I would say Caddyshack first. Uh, again, I kind of throw Sandlot, necessarily, not necessarily in that category of comedy. Comedy. Um, sure. It's got more heart in it than the other ones. So I feel like it's also that piece. But um, but if but I agree with you. If I if I were, it probably would be more you know, probably more enjoyable to keep watching over, uh, over Caddyshack, but okay. I've seen Caddyshack a thousand times. Okay. Um, to, to I'm not sure Happy Gilmore. 
Yeah. Yeah, that was on my list. Yeah. I'm happy Gilmore dodgeball. I'm just trying to think of the ones offhand that you know kind of came to mind. And uh, had, if you want to, if you want to go far back, mm-hmm. which I would, I just this one popped into me, which would be uh, Bad News Bears. Be, no, no, no. We're going way back. We're going. We're a big fan of uh, of um, horse feathers. Brothers, horse feathers. I think it was wasn't yeah. that one with the with football? the college football. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. God, that was just on TV feather. the other day. Was it? Yeah, it was awesome. And then I don't know, League of Their Own, maybe. I mean, mm-hmm. but see, I I put that in the same. You think that's more drama still? Well, is quite, Bull Durham and in, in League of Their Own kind of the same category? Is that a comedy or? Yeah, and, and I think there's more like slapstick comedy, and then there's more kind of dramatic comedy, and there's two categories, and each yeah, of those. I, I, I put Sandlot in in that same category. Drama too. comedy, yes, I would too. Yeah, because then you could throw a slap shot in there as well. I mean. That's the hockey one, I think. Up yeah. and then Paul Newman. What about Cool Runnings? Yeah. That's a good. That's a good sports comedy. I had that was my cool initial runnings. list. Yeah, yes. yeah. My initial list was Happy Gilmore, Waterboy, Kingpin, Caddyshack, the seventy four, uh, the seventy four version of the Longest Yard, Dodgeball, Cool Runnings, Major League, Nacho Libre. I had then Nacho I had Libre. Libre. Oh my god! Yeah. Did you tell them it they were the Lord's Chips? Um. <laughs> And then uh, uh, back to school. I had back to school too. Yeah, even though back to school, I don't know if we want to call that a sports comedy because it's, I mean, there is a sport in it, but it's not really, that's not the focus of it. I don't know. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yeah. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Just like The Wizard uh, for next week is Rain Man for kids. Mm. Yeah, think about that for a while. The Power Glove. All right. Have but, we all answered question three? so bad uh yeah i think we did all right if you number four if you were a reliever i'm trying to say that you know it's we're going on two hours yet and we still haven't talked to dennis about field of dreams (laughs) well you kept muting him so and you're welcome for that Uh uh-huh uh-huh uh if you were a reliever what would your intro song be Mine's easy. I got to go back to when I played the, uh, when I was the mascot for the high school lacrosse team, I dressed up as Death, the Grim Reaper. And my intro song when I would come out to the games was Metallica's For Whom the Bell Tolls. So I'll just keep that as my intro song as, as, a, as a closer or reliever. I've got two. Yeah. Either Crazy Train or Fanfare for the Common Man. Uh, nice. Nice. I like that. A little Aaron Copeland. There you go. Pat, did you need us to explain what a reliever is, or are you okay? No, I'm pretty Pat, happy. it might not be what you think it is. Okay. <laughs> hey now. It's wow. the player that makes everybody feel better. If I make a comment on the Google Hangout and no one else is around to hear, am I still wrong? That's yes, probably. Yes, you are. I, uh, I, you know, if I was going to come, I'd probably, I don't know, I'd probably come out to like, you know, Sinatra flying me to the moon or something like that. You know, I come out in style. Okay. That's what I'm saying. All right. Bo, did we get yours? No, I'm still processing. Okay. Dennis, you got one? 
Um, in my dreams, it would be something maybe like Final Countdown, but in uh, reality, it would be the Beatles. I'm a loser. <laughs> because I was a horrible, horrible reliever. Okay. You don't like cleaning up someone else's mess. No, I don't. And I was not good at it. I, I, can't, I needed like a good half hour to get warmed up. I had a routine. And if in, in the one game I came in, literally, like, it was like I hit the bull. It was like the umpire was on the side. I almost killed the umpire during my warm-ups. I was all over the place. I walked the first seven guys, I think. Just a bit outside. I, I said that about 14 times. Yeah. <laughs> all eight. All it was to my, it was, it was, I was wearing, like, three pairs of sweatpants, sweatshirt, and uh, it was off the lakefront downtown, and, uh, and I ended up uh, – it was about 30, 30 – something degrees oh so yeah it was tough and but but i was not a i i was ready to go home and then all of a sudden it was hey warm up you're going in for the last inning and i'm like why the game's blown away already and you're putting me <laughs> i think i got three warm-up tosses on the side because the catcher who was going into was also getting off sweats and everything else and yeah so it was it was pretty ugly so i was not a good reliever all right Bo, would you figure yours out yeah, that's a tough one. Um, all the music in the world, and I, I'm coming up with a complete blank right now. Another one bites the dust. Yeah, you know, something. Just that. Yeah, some, some, some stadium anthem. So yeah, we'll go with another one bites the dust. Why not? Okay. All right. All right. Final question. If there is, uh, is there a major league ballpark, you know, Pat, you, you listed off a whole bunch of them. Uh, is there a major league ballpark you've never been to that you'd like to see a game in? Yes. There's a lot of them. So many. <laughs> is there so one in particular, many. if you were, if you were told that mm. you can only go see one, is there one ballpark? A, can it be a stadium they've already torn down? Sure. Oh, see, <laughs> it. it's it's got to be old Yankee Stadium. Okay, that's the one place that I wish, I really wish I'd made it to. <sighs> that that would be on my list to be the old Yankee Stadium. I I think I put Fenway. You know, and I as I've I said before, Fenway. I made it to Fenway last summer, and that okay, was Fenway's great. Oh. Yeah. And, I, I, and I've said it before, I'm, I'm not as much of a baseball fan as you guys are, but just when I think about just the classic stadiums, I, I would love to go check out Fenway. I mean, I I've been on to a work trip. I got a ticket, yeah. went and sat by myself. It, oh, nice. it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that'd probably be mine. If, if we could do stadiums that are no longer there, I'd probably do Yankee stadium, but yeah. Yankee stadium. Um, if you can't narrow it down, that's okay, Jeff. I just so yeah, uh, definitely Yankee Stadium, old Yankee okay. Stadium for sure. I think uh, ballpark at Arlington mm -hmm. and Camden Yards. Camden, mm -hmm. solid choice. I think th those two for sure. I I would love to experience. Although um, ballpark at Arlington is no longer called the ballpark at Arlington. I believe it's got a new name, but I right. I'll, well, and they're building a new one anyway. Right. I'll I'll always refer to it as Ballpark at Arlington. Yeah. 
I mean, I would agree with like, you know, your Yankee Stadium, some of the classics, but for me, just if I go to one that's rebuilt, it would be just the original Comiskey, just because of the nostalgia effect of like, I remember the glowing green grass, like when you walked in and the sunlight was hitting it at the right thing. I just remember those more, you know, the, the my first trips to a ballpark like that and seeing that being like, wow, like a cathedral, like the way it just lit up. Yeah, I saw I saw one game in the old Comiskey Park before they tore it down. It was it was fun. Yeah. It was a 13 inning rain delay. We were there all freaking day in the bleachers. It was a blast though. <laughs> yeah. And I remember like, you know, Greg Lazinski and something or Tom Tom Kittle hitting hitting balls on the roof off out of the park actually. Um, closest thing to kind of like the natural, you know, like where he hits the lights and just sort of. Yeah, I, I remember seeing Kittle uh, hit one over the roof. Yep. Nice. Greg Lazinski had his bull, uh, bullpen section, like of, he would buy out and give tickets to disadvantaged kids. And he had that whole section. And just the whole na 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 na, hey, hey, goodbye, you know, when the whole uh, and that's going that on. Cool. That was always awesome. So let's yeah. not forget it, it was also the home of Disco Demolition Night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Steve Dahl, yeah. All right, Pat. Did you have one of all those ones you listed earlier? Do you have one in particular? Uh, okay, so I'm I'm gonna just I just want to real quick. I'm, I'm gonna pivot. I'm gonna seed my question. I'm just gonna tell a quick story, and I promise to be quick. But I don't know if you guys know Brian O'Connor. He uh, taught nearby us, and he worked with at our summer music camp. He's a band director. He's a huge baseball fan. Um, and uh, he was talking to us. He's worked our summer music camp. One summer that he and some buddies went consecutively and saw a game at all. I don't know the exact number, but every single uh, major league ballpark, they went consecutively and they hit all. They did a huge road trip and it took them like a couple months and they hit every ballpark in a row. And nice. it, it was. Yeah. And he said they had to stay planned it for like a year. Because they had to find and be like, okay, well, let's drive here and we're going to drive here. And it wasn't like work yourself across the country because the games might not be consecutive. So you you had to, like, they had to do some crazy, like, driving halfway across the country overnight to get to the game. And um, it, it, he said it was great. He saw he was, how many teams are there? I mean, how many different ballparks are there? Major League Baseball. Yeah, is it like 30? Yeah, yeah it's 30. Yeah. So that's that's what they did. They just went and they saw a, a, a game in each one, and it was crazy because he could compare them all. So you say, which one do you want to see it in? Like he'd say, well, if you want to see a game downtown, do here. The one with the best family experience is here. Like you know, the Tampa Bay Rays. There's like you could. There's like a petting zoo on the outfield where you can like go pet Rays, Sea uh, Rays. Mm-hmm. You know, he was like. Um, there's a hot tub in uh, Phoenix. Yeah, and he said like. Um, um, the, where, um, where the the, uh, the giant um, San Francisco San Francisco Giants, right? Yeah. Yep. He said that one is like because you can like look out over the bay when you it, you know it was it was just his stories. It, it was pretty cool. So I'm gonna I, I don't know um, which one I'd like to go do, but that would be a heck of a road trip just to like see every yeah, would. stadium consecutively and just compare them all. So sorry, I'm gonna I'm not gonna reject the question. I'm just gonna. Do a politician, I'm going to pivot and give my own answer. Hey, no, fair enough. That's fine. That's good. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for Major League. Um, I do want to give Dennis a little bit to kind of talk about some of the Field of Dreams stuff, because I know you were going to you were going to call into the voicemail and 
then I think you just kind of were like, no, I got too many thoughts going on. I just need to need to like be in yeah, on be in on the recording with because, us. And you got hard because you're, you listen, got 10 you're listening to the uh, <laughs> Jeff, when you're listening. Jeff says oh, you have ten minutes. And then, then I'm, I'm, then I'm muting listening, you. When you're listening to the, uh, the the podcast. It's hard because you want to jump in at certain spots and say something. Right. That's why it's just hard to record it after. And I'm just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. So this might not even be, you know, enough to do it justice. But it's just, no, I just feel um, I, with your, I kind of got a vibe of what you guys were saying with a lot of the different stuff. And I, and, and aside from Pat being wrong, uh, no, Pat was actually right. Pat was pretty good in, in a lot of it. Um, trying to think what came up with your, your, your big, quite some of the big things that you guys had. So if it's late, we can always do it on a different day anyway. But um, I think uh, I was just going to ask some questions about like what you thought, like the, if you were to ask, or if you were to sum up, what is the theme of that movie or themes? Because Jeff, you said it's not about baseball. It's about more than baseball, which I agree with you. But so what is it? What is the, if you were to sum it up, what would be the themes? Um, I think acceptance and redemption so what would be the acceptance accepting having to accept where you are in life to then be able to work towards redemption okay so so like not carrying around guilt not carrying around regret but instead just accepting these are the things that have happened i can't theoretically i can't change any of this i need to accept it for what it is and then maybe once you accept it you have the opportunity to somehow redeem yourself okay so who, well, who was redeemed in that film well i i think that um ray you know experienced some redemption because he was able to you know once, once he accepted the fact that uh you know his dad wasn't a bad guy he was able to then have that moment of redemption of introducing him to his family and giving his dad what he wanted you know just just a game of catch I think that Terrence Mann found redemption because he was so anti, uh, anti baseball, you know, and talking about how he, he never gave the interview that, that sent Ray to find him. And, and, you know, he didn't know what Ray was talking about. And, you know, he, he was able to then, you know, he was able to accept, uh, what baseball meant to him. And, and he found redemption then in, in that. Okay. I, I think those would be the two. Well, and Shoeless Joe and the ball players, they were able to find redemption to be able to 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 play ball again. They accept what they did was wrong, and you know then they're able to have this opportunity to come back and play ball. I I think if I'm going to piggyback on that, I think you just said I was trying to think of a way to sum it up in one word. Um, because I kept thinking it's like getting that one more shot, but I think I sum up the theme of the movie as being opportunity, like to have that opportunity to play one more time to, mm -hmm. you know, if you were a player that you only had the one at bat, you know, have the opportunity. Everybody wanted something, whether they were alive or dead, everybody had something they wanted. That they didn't quite get to fulfill that one thing that they wanted to do or that one, they wanted one more chance to do something that they really you know whether it's full-blown regret or whether it's just ah you know i i missed my shot or or i just i loved it so much i wish i could do this one more time i wish i could 
you know, play catch with my dad. You know, we, we, we played catch maybe growing up, but then we, we grew apart as I got older and I never got to play catch with him as an adult. And I wish, you know, knowing what I know now as an adult, I wish I could go back and, and have conversations with my dad that, you know, as a, as a stupid teenager, you know, whatever Ray might've said in the movie, as like a stupid teenager, stupid college kid, I didn't know what I know now to be able to have those conversations. Um, so maybe, maybe a good theme for it too, would be opportunity, like wanting to have one more shot at something. Okay. No, cause it, I mean, that's, and that's, I guess some of the things that came up and, you know, and again, I'll agree you probably a lot of those. And I think the more I thought about the movie and I think as I changed, as I got older, and I think it's one of those things that will change too. Um, maybe even for you guys, I think it's an interesting viewing like later on as you keep watching and now you guys are fathers. And that's going to be interesting. You know, you're, you've been sons, you've been on that role of it, and then you become the father role and you'll be able to see it from both sides of that perspective, I think eventually. And, and, and it just, I think it adds different dimensions that I quite haven't had completely figured out myself in, a, in, in many ways, I think. Um, but I think regret is a big one. Um, and when I, when I think about like, you know, who's he forgiving? A lot of people will say, well, it's him forgiving his dad or it's forgiving or, himself. Know, forgiving himself is ultimately yeah is what it is because and it's the dad who had at some point um because the, the mysterious line is there if you build it he will come you know and then at the end when he says it's it was it's you ray you know uh or it's you i just think that element of it is about him really because what he did was he basically rejected what his father loved he rejected the game of baseball because it became, remember he says it was like bringing out the trash. It became just pressure and, and everything else. And how many fathers haven't done that to their kids where they feel like they put certain pressure on them. So for me, it was like I referred to a little bit earlier with swimming. I was supposed to be a swimmer. You know, we were supposed to be the marathon swimmers. That was my dad's thing. I remember my brother sort of saying like, kind of like who wants to swim 25 miles? Well, that's something that was such a big thing for my dad that he had to take that as a hurt, as a disrespect of what he did. You know, I didn't say it, but we got grouped together because me and my brother were like, you know, like almost like twins. So um, we were playing baseball and it was like we were rejecting swimming for baseball. And in this story, basically, Ray rejects, you know, um, his dad's love of baseball. Not only that, does he say that the, probably the most hurtful thing, which I think was a key key line in the story that seems to get sometimes it, it was that I could never respect a man who's here was a criminal. Right. You know, so the person that he idolized and, and for his dad to lose that respect. And then he refers to him as kind of like this old next, you know, when I saw him, he was already beaten up by life. And, you know, I, I think it was that chance for Ray, not just to, like you said, not to forgive his dad, because he realized that growing up, like, you know, but I think to realize that he had to forgive himself for hurting his dad so much. And his dad probably in the afterlife, whatever, I would think hypothetically, um, kind of forgave him his son. But still, you know, had to come back in this time period and, and, and get that, you know, back when he loved to play baseball again and and uh, and he gave him that opportunity. Now, the other thing with Archie, with with Graham, because that what's his regret? Because I don't know if he really has one. Yeah, that's the second message of the film that I again, when I walk away now is so there's the one about regret about, you know, being careful what you say to people, you know, it's the last time you're going to see them and then hold on to that pain for both people is such a torture that it got to ease both of their pain in the end. But with Archie Graham, I think there's another theme in there, which was sometimes kind of like your, you know, your best, your, your dreams, your goals 
um, even when they don't turn out, you know, it doesn't mean that that's always going to be a hole. It means that there's other things that can be even better out there. Cause he even, he denies it. He's like, no, I don't need to go. Like, I don't want to. So, um, that, that's always, that, that part of the story has always kind of hit me sort of weird because he's dead when he goes back to see him, he's already died. And then he meets him in this kind of time warp weird thing, which is 1972. And then he gets the kid as a, you know, he picks him up as a kid on the side of the road. So I just, it's the only one that really is very weird magically that is almost forgiven by people, I think. And like, how do you, I, I was kind of thinking of that because when I first remember seeing it, I kept thinking like he meets him when he's alive. But really he meets him in 1970 something, doesn't he? Right. Yeah, so he's meeting the ghost of him already and having that conversation. And then he's meeting the younger version of him on the side of the road. So that stories are just an interesting, why do they put, what's the message of the Archie Graham story? Because it's not the same as Shoeless Joe. It's not the same as Ray and his dad. It's a very different story in my life. Or sorry, in his life, it's, I feel like it's something very different. Well, I still thought he had the, you know, he didn't have the regret that he that he wished he didn't become a doctor, but, you know, he did, I mean, I think he did say he had that regret that just he wished he had that chance to have that at bat, you know, to, to stare down the picture, well, to wink at he, him. To, he didn't really he sort of it, rejects it and says, he didn't really call it a regret though. He called yeah. it a wish. This, right. Th this would be my, well, wish. there's a, I there's a thin line between a regret and a wish. Yeah, I guess. So, I mean, I guess, I guess the, uh, that element of that story to me is just kind of like that idea of that. Yeah. Even cause I think yeah, everybody has to live with that. Like how many kids didn't have the dream to be the baseball player, you know? And, you, and literally it was, I think when I went, when I went to field of dreams, I think I had already told some of you guys this, I went and my kids were too young to really know about baseball that much yet and really appreciate it or love it. Like I did. So it was actually a somewhat mixed feeling there. It was like great seeing the field, but then they didn't quite get it. And they were kind of like, all right, we going, where, where are we going next? And I felt that they kind of disrespected the place in a way, like for me, because it was like, wait, this is like, you know, important. And they didn't think that. So it's interesting to see that, that element to it. And I remember like almost tearing up in the outfield, just like thinking like I could have been playing on the field. Like I could have been, you know, like I, like you, you, you know, it literally was like religion for us. It was life. It was what you were going to do. It was you, you were going to play baseball. And it comes to probably like just saying my favorite, you know, I think uh, kind of line of that. Um, and I don't know if you, I think you guys went over, did you guys go over favorite quotes and stuff during that? I think I remember you. We kind of, yeah. Yeah, we kind of did. I think it was, we realized it was kind of tough, tough to do. But, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the, there's the big long speech with, you know, obviously uh, James Earl Jones and stuff. For me, the one, it's the one from, it's uh, it's the one with, um, by, by Shoeless Joe, where he's talking about the smell, but you ever smell a glove, mm -hmm. you know, close to your face. Mm -hmm. And I would have played for, you know, for, 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 for free, basically that whole thing. That was me growing up. That was me in high school. That was me in college. That was, that was always going to be like, just let me play for free. I just want to play, just smell the grass or something about that. So that kind of character, you know, I think him getting to do that. And does he have regret for what choices he made, whether he, he did or didn't, you know, take money and, and, and bribery and stuff. Um, getting banned from the game is like torture. So for him to be able to get back. So each of them had their regrets. I just, Archie um, Grams, I didn't see as much of a regret. 
So it's like, what is the message there? And like you said, I mean, we just cover that, but I'm like, that's that's one of the things I think as I keep seeing that story over there, that, that Archie Graham story tends to be a weird, why did they put that in there? And I think doing things that people don't always expect you to do. Like he had to go out and kind of appear to be nuts to do something too. And, and I think it's a leap of faith message as well. Agreed. Okay. All right. Is there, was there anything else you wanted to get off your chest as, no, opposed, no, was, as related no, to the movie or? Or any specific wrong patness that needs to be discussed. <laughs> Paul, when, when we have time, I'll, I'll cover I'll, that I'll, at like, lunch. Yeah, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll cover how that conversation like exactly came down when we have more time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely need the uh, background. Not that I'm not enjoying it, but. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's just, I'll just say that it's, it's, it's amazing that a movie of such affirmation and positivity and, and uh, how it takes something that can be baseball. I mean, it can't be, you know, there is the, like any sports, money and the corruption and the, and the very, you know, and, and, but this movie shows it in its purest form and, and the thing that we all love. And it reminds and, us of what was once good. Right, exactly. Could be again. All, all those things, how in extolling its virtues, it brought out feelings of derisiveness and 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 uh xenophobia among the people debate that was the thing that i found amazing the most you know wow the metaphor of the flying hot dog i am i am yeah. intrigued well john there, there's your episode title there you go. the metaphor of the flying, the flying hot dog, hot dog. <laughs> we were just trying to eat some roadie yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I was. Oh, I was eating. I was eating roti. All right, believe me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you remember how in the movie that the the, the brother in law that was blind and then could see, but then was welcomed in, you know, and that at the end, cars, people showing up, they're not sure why, but let's welcome them in and show them this wonderful thing. Yeah, that was that. It was kind. Of, that was kind of turned on its ear, you know. So it, it like I said, it, it was it was priceless and precious and fun and yeah, it was it was it was pretty funny. How it all came down. Well, we can expound more upon that in a future episode. Yes. Um, so I think that's going to do it tonight for us for a major league. So our next few episodes, uh, if you want to kind of look ahead to our other episodes, we're going to finish off our month of sports movies next week. Uh, we do you guys have a power glove that you like pull out of the attic somewhere and put on and wear oh my while God. we're podcasting? I, I will have to ask my brother. It's so bad. I have one. I love the power glove. It's so I bad. Don't, I it's don't so think bad. I, I don't think I've ever played a game with the power glove. Really? I, yeah. Well, not a video game. Hey now. <laughs> oh. oh boy. That's a different movie. Um, this isn't jazz band rehearsal. We can't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh man. If only people knew. Yeah. Um, and then they won't and they shouldn't. Uh, so yeah, so our next episode coming up next week will be The Wizard, uh, starring Fred Savage, and then uh, Rutger Hauer in The Blood of Heroes will finish out our month of sports movies. And then in March, we're going to be doing Glory, The Burbs, Turner and Hooch, War of the Roses, and uh, sometime during the month of March, we will have a Captain Marvel episode because that movie is coming up. Uh, we're actually coming up really quickly on some major movies, uh, Captain Marvel coming out in March, and then uh, Endgame, I almost said Infinity War, Endgame coming out in April. So we're, we're getting very, very close to some very major things coming out here very soon. So 
but those will be our next several movies. So if you want to kind of watch and get ahead of those before we do our episodes, uh, that is the schedule coming up. Wizard, Blood of Heroes, Glory, The Burbs, Turner and Hooch, The War of the Roses, and Captain Marvel. Uh, in the meantime, why don't you go check out our website, 30podcast.com, that has our, um, our Twitter account name, our voicemail number. Uh, it's 872-356-6843. If you want to jump in on the conversation here, leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the show and we'll respond to it. Um, but uh, I think that's going to do it for us this time around. So thank you, Bo, Dennis, Pat, and Jeff. Um, thank you guys for being here and uh, enjoyed the conversation and, and even the parts where Dennis talked. Uh, and said things out of his mouth about um, teams that he apparently has, knows nothing about. Um, oh, but uh, oh, thank you guys so much for being here. And uh, it's okay. We, we, we can still mute you. It's all right. Um, so that's going to do it for this time around. And we will see you all back here next week for The Wizard. Be excellent yeah, to yeah. each other. Be excellent to each other, unless your name is Dennis. Um, My favorite baseball moment is Steve Bartman's birthday. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies, and we'll see y'all here back here next. Show what true Cub fans were. All right, <laughs> all right. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, crazy. Come on, hold me tight